okay, but like King, who's gonna read that research if everyone's dead? But like exactly. Like exactly. He's just like, and everyone will think I'm a prolific scientist. Who Girl, who gonna fake that? Who? Who? Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 26-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is what would you be doing in a parallel universe? In a parallel universe, I am so super famous because I actually did more trying after I graduated college. <laughs> the self-roast! Listen, I did half the thing. I moved to Vancouver. Yeah. And then a pandemic hit. But then a pandemic hit. And also, um, I needed a job. And then so I couldn't really do auditions or get a manager or an agent or anything because I was too busy working so that I could live here. So it just didn't happen. Mm -hmm. But in a parallel universe, I am so old now. I am old and decrepit now. The CW shoots here. You're 26. I know. (laughs) Most people. I'm almost 27. Dude, I don't know. Vera Farmiga didn't start acting until she was in her 30s. I think you're going to be okay. I don't, I don't, can't do MILF roles though. Why not? Not. You could be a MILF. No. MILF, MILF, I milf, do not milf, have milf, mother, milf. motherly energy at all. You don't need motherly energy. Anyway, in a parallel universe, I tried and I did it, but, uh. That is not this universe. Mm-hmm. Um, therefore, that's why it's parallel. Tell me one nice thing about this universe that you feel about yourself right now. I have a puppy. That is great. Yes. Good attitude. He is brings me so much joy. Good. I love him. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 32-year-old artist and writer. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Appertania, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And in a parallel universe... I became a screenwriter, which is what I was going to do with my life. And then I was like, this sucks. I don't like writing. And so then I moved back home instead of staying in Vancouver and um, wound up doing writing for a job anyway. So that didn't work out for me. (laughs) But in a parallel universe, I became a screenwriter. Did you write um, like movies or TV? I liked both, but I liked features better. Yeah. Because it's like once it's done, it's done. Well, and then you didn't have to be in a writer's room, right? They just said, this is what we want. And then you get to go hang out and do stuff. Yeah. Like I liked the collaborative aspect of being at school, but it was 2008. So a lot of the ideas that were floating around in there were still very um they felt out of touch even at the time mm-hmm. so i was just like none of these people are none of them get me no they do get me but it's just like mm, i don't know yeah the vibe wasn't there i loved college so much if i could have just done college over and over again i would have got it i loved it i i mildly enjoyed school <laughs> i like life better now yeah yeah today we have more to say about episode 605 of riverdale the jughead paradox uh, last episode, we were like, oh, it's a paradox about Jughead. But, um, <laughs> thanks so much to Dave for pointing out that it is probably a reference to the Cloverfield Paradox. Oh, it absolutely. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. a 2018 American science fiction horror film produced by J.J. Abrams, um, Bad Robot, which of course did Lost. Bad so Robot. Uh, it's the third installment in the Cloverfield franchise and follows an international group of astronauts aboard a space station who, after using a particle accelerator to try to solve Earth's energy crisis, must find a way home when the planet seemingly vanishes. Fun fact, I rewatched that like two weeks ago. Was it a paradox? It sure was. Did you it- feel it was Cloverfield? 
kind of no, actually. Interesting. Because I saw the first Cloverfield in theaters, and it was only tangentially, like, related to the uh-huh. first Cloverfield. And I was kind of confused to the timeline. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Thank you guys so much. Ha- uh, happy New Year. Oh, I... Happy New Year. Um, thanks for letting us have that little break before we recorded this pod. Yes, I, I very much appreciate that. Um, due to that having happened, though, I have a couple of thoughts from listeners written down, and I simply do not recall what those things are that I was supposed to say. It's going to be a nice surprise for us then when you yeah. read them. Um, so I have one from Dave and one from our friend Blanche. Um, I found the Dave one and now I have to go searching for the Blanche one, but this is what Dave said. Okay. So Thomasina was born in 1863. Okay. How was she a teacher before the Civil War, which started in 1860? And in 1898, Abigail's brother is fighting on the Western Front, which is part of World War One, which started in 1914? Oh my god, I love Riverdale. Oh my so. god, that's so funny. The rules don't matter. So that's not real. So, <laughs> just, I don't even know how to react to that. It's just like... We know that they don't understand years anyway, but... They really don't, but it's still just hilarious to me. Like, they don't even try. So, of course, at Blanket Juice on Instagram, the iconic Blanket Juice. The iconic Blanket Juice. Um, mentioned Abigail's red wedding dress in the last episode that we uh, recorded. Gorgeois. Is a reference to Beetlejuice and the scene where Lydia is oh my marrying God, a man. Duh! She's marrying a man she didn't want to marry while wearing a red wedding dress. So, there's that. And then also, um, Maidchen's character was named Elena Alexis. And we pointed out that her middle name is Alec- or is, is Elena. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alexis is because Maidchen's husband's last name is Alexis. Okay, that's really sweet. Yeah. So that's what it is. Thank you both, uh, Dave and Blanche, for sending us in um, your corrections, suggestions, appreciative. Um, we don't always catch every reference, clearly. I also like wish that I had a bigger answer than it's Riverdale for the timeline thing. But at this point, it's Riverdale. (laughs) I wish it made sense. It doesn't. So this beautiful hundredth episode, Brittany, toot or boot? Um, I'm going to give it a toot because it was ape shit and I was entertained the entire time. And that's, those are my standards for the show. I would say that after I had watched it the first time, um, I would have given it a toot. The second time when I was doing my notes for it like a month ago, I was like, this is definitely a toot. Two days ago when I watched it again in preparation to actually finally record the podcast, I was watching it and I was like, this is a shoot. This now, is amazing. Now this is interesting to me because usually when we go and rewatch, uh-huh. our opinions drop. Mm. What made it go up? Well, I think it's partially because I hadn't seen Riverdale in a while. Oh, it had you, been like you a month the insanity. since I had seen it. Okay. And then I was like, I just think that for like a huge milestone episode, like the hundredth episode, they just pulled out every single stop. And sure. I just think that's amazing. It is better than something like the hundredth episode of a different CW show in which everyone came, became wacky, inflatable, arm flailing tube men. Yeah. So I gotta say dope. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna yeah. give it a, I give it a two. I think that, you know, they brought back a lot of fun things. Uh, there was just so much to love about it, I think. It's I, a, as you tell people, it's camp. As always, I have a couple of complaints that I can get into. Um, but ultimately, I had a fantastic time. I was smiling from ear to ear the whole time. I uh, I just thought it was great. That's the bar, man. Yeah. That's the bar. Yeah. Fine. Mm-hmm. So for this episode, I did 
both the notes and the uh, scene summaries, mm-hmm. uh, but I already talked so much. And so Brittany is going to uh, read the scene summaries that I wrote. I have no idea what these are going to say, by the yeah. way. Well, um, you kind of do because you watched the episode. Yeah, but I mean, it's so different when it's reinterpreted through the lens of Robin. Right. So. However, we do have to really quickly summarize the full episode. Would you mind doing that? <laughs> she didn't rewatch it, so we'll see how much she remembers. But you're always so good at making it succinct. I always go too far in. What? You put me on the spot. My brain went blank. I I, I did it on purpose. I didn't give you a heads up at all. Thank you so much for that. That was not nice. I have to scroll this to... uh... No, don't read it. It's It's a cold read. Okay, here's what I remember from this episode. The Reggie's fighting each other. And Veronica's like, this could be a threesome. And the Reggie's are like, I'm not into that. And I, I'm this like, is just the Reggie story. <laughs> no, yeah, I only remember. Yeah. Um, I remember Jughead and Ar- Archie deciding he's going to murder Jughead. Yeah. And then um, him like knocking Archie out. And I remember the Jugheads talking about how one has to be locked in Dilton's bunker mm-hmm. uh, for the end of time to keep writing. Yeah. And then inexplicably it ends with Ethel talking to Jughead. And I'm like, why are you here? And that's what I remember. What happens with Betty? Uh, Well, Betty and Archie are going to get married. Oh, Betty and Archie are going to get married. Oh, right. And then Betty oh, and, they and had their Betty Jughead like- party and, bachelor- and bachelor parties. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is so weird because um, yesterday I could have told you everything that happened. Yeah. Today I'm like, I don't remember anything. Honestly, that is about all you really need to know if you didn't watch the episode to like go into our uh, conversation about it. Yeah, basically it's the end of the Rivervale. Yeah, it's arc. the end of Rivervale. So there's not a whole lot that you need to- The big reveal basically is that like all these, all the dead people reanimate and nobody dies in Rivervale. Veil and there are two Jugheads and Parallel Universe Comic Jughead book. fixes yep. original universe and so everything's fine and everything's going back to normal next episode. So, Which is like, how do you ever go back to normal after experiencing this? Right. I think these writers just get so high before they write this show. And why not? Okay, do you want me to read <laughs> this first part? Yeah, so uh, you you handle the stuff in bold. Okay. All our faves wake up in the middle of the night, suddenly not dead. They all had weird, creepy dreams of the spooky stuff that happened in all of the Rivervale episodes. So basically, Archie is like, <gasps> and he like wakes up. And um, <laughs> I think the narration of Jughead is just like, so now Archie's alive for some reason. He said for some reason. I'm lit. I literally am gonna miss narrator Jughead. Yeah, because he's the only reason that I think that the writers are aware of the crap they're writing. I think he's like. I know we're not getting like narrator Jughead where he's like standing there the as Twilight Zone Jughead. Jughead, but Jughead is definitely going to keep narrating, which I'm happy about. That's true. Mm-hmm. And. Because basically we've learned that there are two Jugheads, and one of the Jugheads dies at the beginning of the episode. And later Archie says that he was the one who killed that Jughead. So he like wakes up and is like alive now for some reason. And I'm like, D- are you awake because you just came back from killing Jughead? What's the timeline here? Literally, it makes no sense. At some point you think there's actually three Jugheads? Yeah. There's not. Yeah, there's just two. There's Rivervale Jughead and Riverdale Jughead. And then there's like a vision that Jughead has at the beginning. Wait, okay, but River Vale Jughead is the narrator, yes? Uh, because who's the narrator? Well, the narrator, like the um, the narrator Rod Serling Jughead is River Vale Jughead, but then I guess the River Dale Jughead that like woke up and like uh became aware is what he keeps saying. Yeah, is the one who goes down in the bunker and then. The narrator Jughead becomes Riverdale Jughead when he comes downstairs after 
they fixed everything. Like, my question is... I think there are two jug... There have been two jugheads this whole time. I think so, too. But the funniest thing to me is, like, narrator jughead. If you're supposed to infer that he is canonically also part of the universe and not just narrating it, just inexplicably showed up to, like, Tony drowning herself and was like, huh, that's neat. Anyway, let's talk to the camera now. Yeah. I'm obsessed. Whatever. Sure. It's camp! Yeah. So all of the four episodes that we just saw were just dreams. And I love how they did them all in order. So like Archie and Betty are together and they're like, whoa, that was weird. I saw the whole town sacrificing you. And then it was like, whoa, that was weird. You became a ghost, Tony? And then it was like, whoa, that was weird. I got stolen. My soul got stolen by the devil. What? Me and Nana Rose switched bodies like they did in order. Sure. So, sure. Um, so they're like sleeping in Betty's bed, but we've seen her be in Archie's house so much that I was like, okay, so you don't live together? I don't think they live together. I think they live separately. But I they're just, getting married. I just fit. They live separately, but next door to each other. But they're getting married. Well, she need, I mean, one living ha- together right Hey, now? why have one house when you could have two? I mean, I guess that's fair. Like, yeah, okay. So I'm like, I guess they just occasionally switch beds, which I guess I, I is fine. You know what? Whichever house Alice and Uncle Frank are boning in, yeah. they don't sleep in that day. Right. Right. And so they, they are constantly switching houses. With yeah, Alice yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it, that's what happens when both sides of your family are sleeping with each other, you know? So Betty's like, I had a dream that the town was sacrificing you. And Archie isn't like, what? He literally just doesn't say anything. The lack of reaction is iconic yeah i also think it was interesting that whoever was the one who was like up in bed and like freaking out uh was the one who like died and then who the one who had the dream is the one who lived yeah like the person who lived is the one who's saying oh my god i had a crazy dream and the person who died is like the one who's sitting up yeah weird that it's just that every single time so I, I thought that was it, interesting. it's it's very strange but both people had the dream yeah, they're all shared dreams for some reason, and, like, who they share the dream with is important, because yeah. apparently not all of them shared the same dream. Right. Okay. The rules don't matter. Yeah. And the points... Uh, wait, what is it? The points... The rules don't exist and the points don't matter? What yeah, 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 that's mm-hmm. it. So Jughead wakes up in Archie's garage with dirty ass <laughs> feet! <laughs> I hate you! And realize he must have been sleepwalking! He gets home and Tabitha doesn't ask why he's just walking in. She says he's probably nervous about going back to teach. (laughs) First of all, yes. Second of all, I just realized that Tabitha and Jughead got their apartment together in Rivervale. Yeah, but they said they were going to in Riverdale. so So that's just their apartment now? Yeah, because at the end when he's like, and everything was fixed, you see Tabitha and Jughead like moving into that apartment again with his comic book. Okay, so, so what's the over-under on the haunting actually still sticking around? Like, some writer's gonna forget that was River Vale. Yeah, part of me is like, no, because that would be redundant. And then the other part of me is like, it's, it's Riverdale. Riverdale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Jughead is sort of like in the middle of this dream and he like hears the bomb and is like basically falls down the down the stairs Hiram with the explosion bomb. behind yeah. him. Yeah. Um, he wakes up in Archie's garage because that's where he was living before he was living with Tabitha. I want you guys to know that her next note is literally feet are dirty. His feet are dirty. It's correct. <laughs> yeah. I have like... <laughs> I just read the next note. Oh my God. <laughs> this is why I don't give Brittany my notes. I just say them so that I can make the joke before she can read it and then she can laugh in the moment. <laughs> Why? I wish you'd just read out all of my notes. I think that's funnier. <laughs> okay, this 
Basically, wait, wait, hold on. What I was trying to say before is that I have such bad, like, texture issues when it comes to my hands and my feet, especially my hands, that, like, and that's, like, the main reason why I hate sand is because you put your stuff in sand and then your hands feel so, like, dry and it's like they have, like, a film on them. They've been exfoliated. I can't imagine going to sleep with dirty feet. Oh, gross. no, that would be horrible. No. Ugh, uh-uh. you feel gross. And your sheets will be dirty. That's true. Oh, no. Oh, no. Can I read you next note now? Sure. This note says not Cole giving out feet content for free. <laughs> Cole, we know better than that, man. Hey, you know he's paid handsomely on this it's show. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So he gets back home. The milk is left out again. And Tabitha's just like, oh, hey, and like puts it away. And I'm like, girl, that was out all night. I thought she was using it. Was she? I thought she was just walking into the room. Is that, that has to be like a callback. Yeah. Oh, it it is. Like, it's like, I thought it was sort of telling us that their house was still kind of haunted. That would be amazing. Maybe a little, I don't know. Yeah. Um, on the fridge, it has their shopping list, which is eggs, milk, bologna, and cheese. Classic shopping list. Gross. Bologna. Um. (laughs) What a weird, uh, what a weird list. That's a weird omelet. Like, that's it? Okay. Um, and she's like, oh, you're just nervous to teach again. And I'm like, oh, sure, whatever. Sure, he's nervous to teach again, which is why he was sleepwalking and heard a bomb go off. Yeah. He's like, okay. (laughs) Sure. That was literally us hearing the purge siren the other night. I still don't know why that was going off. So Jughead goes back to school and sees visions of everyone walking around like they were in the pilot, including himself. Himself? So they start playing Don't You Forget About Me. And I was like, what is this? The Midnight Club? Into it. Memories. Yeah. And I'm like, beautiful. Thank you. I love it so much. And then we have all of these pilot references. We see Betty, Kevin, and Veronica walking down the hallway like they did in the pilot. Um, we see Archie and Grundy uh, in the music room. Um, and it looks like maybe it could have been actually the actress, but they don't, they, but if it was, I feel like they would show they her would face. They would show her face. So it was yeah. probably a stand in. Um, a very convincing stand in, though, I must mm-hmm. say. Um, and then we see. Reggie. So here's the thing with the Reggies is that I purposefully, because I ha- I am infamous for uh, looking at the guest starring while I'm watching the the credits true, at the beginning, and then spoiling myself for who's going to show up. I specifically didn't do that for this episode so that I could have fun. I had no idea Ross Butler was going to show up. I want to. I'm googling him really quickly because I want to get the whole murder allegation thing correct. Oh yeah. But I, so I had no idea he was showing up. However, I thought that if they were going to have him show up, this was the moment. Yeah, And exactly. to just not have Charles be in it at all, have Ross Butler walk by because he's seeing pilot versions of everybody else. I think that was the joke to make. Yeah, 100%. I think, to be honest, I think all these like two Reggie thing, it's like you see Ross Butler here and you have Charles make the joke later about how he looks like two different people in the comics. That's it. Yep. We didn't need the other, like, the two Reggie storyline. I didn't really care for that, to be honest. I um, thought I thought it was funny if you did it here and funny if you did it later, but I don't, like, I just, like... It, like, kept going. Yeah, and um, also Ross Butler has has murder allegations, I think, uh, that we talked about years ago. I don't know if he got... He's been accused of conspiring to murder Courtney Love's daughter's ex-husband, but he denied the allegations that he broke into Francis Bean Cobain's ex-husband, Isaiah Silver's house, on in 2016. Yeah, so that was like forever ago, but I'm still also like, does he have to be here? It's just so confusing. I'm like, how do you get accused of murder and then just keep going? Yeah, accused of like conspiring to murder, but like, okay. It's, it's weird. Anyway, I just wish they had done it like twice. There were, there were two perfect moments to do it in this episode. And then we didn't really have to do like the two, like Veronica being like, what if we had a threesome? What if I had a threesome with two Reggies? I literally, I thought that was so funny though. I was was like, like, what? I was like, you know what? Go ahead, girl. Yeah. My (laughs) thing is that I looked at 
Charles Melton, and then I looked at Ross Butler, and I said, one of you looks like a knockoff of the other, because Charles Melton is so handsome. He's so handsome. Like, no shade to Ross Butler, it's just like, you put them next to each other, and you're like, those are not the same dude. Also, Ross Butler's hair is not very good in this episode. Yeah, they didn't style it. I'm like, that's not Reggie. No. That's not my Reggie. I think it must be short for some other role, but like, Yeah, probably. Not Cole giving out feet content for free. (laughs) I thought, so like I said, I thought that we were going to see Ross Butler here in this moment where we would see pilot Reggie and it would be him. Um, but since we didn't, I was totally caught off guard. I had no idea that he was going to show up because I thought this was the moment. That was, it was really fun to yeah. um, literally scream. Yeah. So then we see Cheryl in her cheerleader outfit. We see Tony, who didn't actually go to school there at the time. She was in the beginning of season two. She wasn't even in the pilot, um, but it's nice to see her anyway. Um, we see Weatherby and we also see Jughead. Like Jughead sees himself in like his hat and his classic jacket. Mm-hmm. So that was fun um, because I have real nostalgia for these little season one characters too. We have not seen them in so long. They so have long. not been that sane in so long. So true. So Jug goes into the bathroom to sploosh water. You write these things. I feel like you've set me up here. Here's the thing is that I, I wrote the second half thinking that I was going to have to say them because that's how it's gone in the past. Mm-hmm. And then um, Brittany still needed to do her notes yesterday. And I was like, it's okay. I'll just do them for you. And then I knew when I was writing the first half of the notes that Brittany was going to have to say them aloud. So <laughs> this is so evil. Okay. Jug goes, <laughs> Jug goes into the bathroom to sploosh water on his face and Benjamin Button himself <laughs> comes out of a stall. The thing that kills me is like all of this is literally what happened. Yeah. He half-acidly washes his hands and Jug's like, yo, aren't you dead? And Ben's like, clearly not, you lunatic. He says, maybe you have paranoid schizophrenia? And Jug's like, okay, thanks, I guess. (laughs) I hate this scene. This literally is what happened. And then guys, I promise you, it does not come back. No. So he goes to the bathroom. Ben is in there. And dude, you did not wash your hands for two minutes. You barely even washed your hands at all. If there's one thing we've learned in this pandemic. And he came out of a stall. You were pooping. Oh my god! <laughs> Unless like, and I'm not sure because I've I've never been in a high school boys bathroom. But do they just do they not have urinals in a in a boys? Why are you asking me bathroom? this? I don't know. I'm just saying things out loud because uh, I feel like people. You I know, feel like Dave will probably get a, get a get a hold. I feel of like they have this, urinals. I feel like I know, like urinals is weird. It, it is weird. I just maybe they had like um ones with barriers and stuff partitions in between in between all of them honestly my thing is like why do you make men do that yeah like why do why do they have I to just take, go into a stall all the time yeah why do they have to take their their junk out in front of other dudes and then pee i would not just take my boobs out in <laughs> <the> <laughs> It's so weird! Here's the thing, Brittany. You certainly would not just take your boobs out of the bathroom because you have no reason to do that. I know, but, like, I literally, like, I would not just, like, walk into the bathroom, pull my pants down, and then go into the stall. Like, why would my ass be out? Pull your pants down and then and go. And then go in the stall. Like, I don't like understand waddling it. Waddling with your pants around your ankles yeah. in the stall. Like, I understand that this is how it is with men, but I'm yeah. just like, you guys shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, I feel bad. I it's feel weird. Bad. Anyway, I don't see any urinals in here but i guess i wasn't looking that that uh that well so jenkins like oh my god you died and he's like no no uh that was mr chipping who 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 jumped out a window and he's like oh yeah no sure yeah (laughs) wait no i mean yeah but you were first you did it first i once saw and i i've said this on the podcast before i said it when it happened but i once saw the guy who plays ben at granville island here um he is one of the few riverdale actors that i have seen on the streets of vancouver one of 
four, I believe. Mm-hmm. One um, of the few, but you've seen all the big ones. Not all Honestly, of the big ones. Honestly, we haven't seen any of the girls. We only see the guys. Uh, we've only seen one girl. Who do we see? We saw Natalie Bolt at a Bianca Del Rio show. Oh my god! I forgot about that MILF moment. Oh, mm. she, I, I'm once again saying she is so much MILFier in real life. Yeah. So we were together when we saw Natalie Bolt and Cole Sprouse, mm-hmm. but I was by myself when I saw Casey Cott and by myself when I saw this guy who plays Ben. Yeah. And he walked by so fast that I like just was able to sort of clock that it was him, but like- It's like, what else are you going to do? After go he walked by, I was like, if he comes back around, because it was sort of in like a, like an alcove mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, So like, I was like, if he comes back around, I should be like, hello, come on my podcast. But oh he never came back. I was going to, I was psyching myself up to do it, but he never came back around. Um, We don't bother the big actors though. Like yeah. they're just out I would, Oh, I, I was fine with bothering this guy yeah. if he came around because I feel like um when you have like sort of a bit part, you're just like, oh yes, thank you. Uh, yes, I, I was. Thank you for noticing. And yeah, but the big guys will listen. They they got enough to deal with, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Ben's just like, listen, Jughead, I'm gonna go ahead and diagnose you with paranoid schizophrenia right here, right now. And I was like, as if Ben knew about that sort of stuff before now? Like, he's like, you have hallucinations. Hallucinations! <laughs> hallucinations! You have hallucinations. You must be schizophrenic. Girl, what? Yeah. Okay. Do you have a therapist that told you that? Also, I love that in this universe, Jughead is a teacher, but also a fellow student, because yeah. Ben is there at the same time to be a fellow student. But, right. But Jughead oh also, but he, they're also aware of Mr. Chipping, which means that Jughead also went to Stonewall and then came back to Riverdale High <laughs> to tell Ben about Mr. Chipping. Oh my God. This is very funny. Well, because like Ben was sort of in that trio with Dilton and Ethel. Yeah. So it's like, we know that Dilton and Ethel are here as like teachers. teachers. So that makes sense. But it's just like, we he's see a, he's Ben. He's very clearly a student here. We see Ben and then we get no explanation as to like what. <laughs> okay. I just think it's so, I mean, obviously it's happening because to borrow a quote from Doctor Who, the timeline here is quite literally wibbly wobbly. Timey-wimey. Timey-wimey. Mm-hmm. Um, so like everything's happening yeah. at once, but I just love the implication that Jughead told Ben about Mr. Chipping. Yeah. Like why would, why would they know that? Well, well, oh, oh yeah. Well, I'm just like, Ben must've been like, I read it in the newspaper after I died. Like, exactly. Okay. And he's like, hey Jughead, have an awesome day. What? I have complaints about this later. I wrote some, I wrote some notes about this later, but. The only note you have here is WTF. Yeah. Yeah. So far, but oh. I got I got more later. Okay. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Jug goes into the teacher's lounge and everything is back to normal. They start talking about a wedding and Jug's like, what? Betty and Archie are getting married and Jug's the best man. Betty gets a call from Dr. Curdle Jr. who says, hey, sorry to be the one to tell you this, but Jug is dead. <laughs> and Betty's like, no, he's right here. Yeah. So if I, my first note in this is just like, if I went to this school, I would be so invested in the teacher drama. I'd be like, oh what's my happening God. All, of them all the time? One of my teachers was married to another one of my teachers. Same. Like they had the same last name. So you always knew if it was, I, I mean, I'm not trying to, I, I'm not out here trying to dox my high school teacher. So I'd be like, um, it, you'll know which person you're talking about if it's Mr. Blank or Mrs. Blank yeah, and they yeah. had the same last name. But, like, if the whole school was, like, hot young teachers who are all dating each other and, like, flipping around, I'd be... Oh, my God, I'd watch them constantly. uh, You know that there'd be, like, some sort of, like, subreddit specifically about this school that I'd be part of. That would be amazing. I would found that crap, yeah. Um, So they're talking about the wedding, and Jughead's like, oh, who's getting married? And they're like, what, Jughead, what? Uh, Betty and Archie are. And Archie's like, you're my best man. And I cannot give KJ enough praise this episode, which I'll talk about later when he goes completely 
unhinged. But, like, the moment where Jughead's like, oh, who's getting married? Uh, and they're like, um, us. You're literally my best man. Like, you agreed to be my best man, like, months ago. Archer just gives him this look of pure confusion. Like, get your head out of your ass, you nutball. <laughs> I just love it. It's, it. You know, also, can I just point out that the teacher's lounge and the lounge that they used to hang out in as high school students is, in fact, the same place. The same place. For yeah. no reason. Mm-hmm. Where are the other students? I love that Weatherby was just like, okay, we'll just convert this to the teacher's lounge now that you guys are teachers. Also, since when do high schools have lounges? Yeah. I wish. Uh, yeah, I didn't have... I, I think there was one in college, but not in high school. No. Yeah. Also, they kind of should have those. Yeah. Yeah. So Dr. Curdle calls Betty and tells her that he has Jughead's body, and she's like, um, is this a joke? Because that's rude. I'm literally looking at funny. him. If you're upset about not being invited to the wedding, this is the best joke in this episode. That is so funny. It's so funny. She's like, if you're still upset or whatever, which means that he was previously like, I'm very upset about this. Like he said to her that he was upset about it. I love I love it. That he gets all of these off-screen things, and his face is just, like, pure confusion on the other side of the phone. Like, why would you bring that up again? That's so mean. And my other thing is, no way your wedding wouldn't be more fun with Dr. Colonel Jr. there. Why do you not invite him? I would invite him. I'd invite him. Who doesn't want a mortician at their wedding? Yeah, and she's like, ugh, stop harassing me, Dr. Colonel Jr. Be nice. He helps you. I, all, I just think it's so funny that Dr. Curdle Jr. was like, as a prank, I'm going to tell her that yeah. Jughead's dead. What the hell, Ben? What? No, he's very serious. He's a man He's a man of honor, okay? That logic is so funny to me. I mean, I guess that's the only thing that she can possibly think of that makes sense because she's looking straight at Jughead, so. That's a fair point. Mm-hmm. All right. Jughead goes to see Dr. Curdle Jr., which Robin has shortened to DCJ. Those are my mom's initials. It sure is. And Dr. Curdle Jr. is flabbergasted that he's alive. He opens up the body bag and it is indeed Jughead lying on the slab. Time starts to twist and they realize it's a paradox. Jug tells Dr. Curdle to keep this to himself until he figures it out. So <laughs> he shows up and Dr. Curdle Jr. was like, oh my God, I thought Betty was lying. And it's like, I think it's so funny that Dr. Curdle Jr. was like, well, I know what the truth is. So Betty must be like totally fine with the fact that he's dead. Seems like season four all over again. Can you imagine being him and just being like, well, this is weird when Betty walks in and is like, no, that guy's alive. Yeah. Or Jughead walks in and he's like, walking corpse. Right. Right? Dr. Curl Jr.'s hair is still really long, so that continues to make me think that Yeah, how do, you feel, how do you feel about this long hair? What I'm really excited, I, I don't really care for it, to be honest. Okay. I think uh, it's unnecessary. But I am interested to see if this is just Rivervale Dr. Curl Jr. And if Ooh. maybe Riverdale Dr. Curl Jr. will have uh, his hair back to normal. All right, fair I enough. remember it being slightly longer in the Josie episode, where he's like, doesn't isn't wearing his weird mortician hat or anything but it wasn't like as long as it is now what's his instagram uh i don't know i have i know him on facebook i don't have his i'm not friends with him what's his facebook, girlfriend's instagram it's on his facebook it's not important i just wanted to see if he still had the long hair i think well i can get it for you hold on <laughs> my facebook is like you look this guy up a lot <laughs> And like, actually, are you okay? Yeah, I just like, I like that we have mutual friends so I can like, uh, I can see stuff. Oh no, that is his hair. That that's, is his hair. Yeah, that's what I figured is that, like, I remember when we looked up last time, that was just his hair. Yeah. His girlfriend, I don't know what her, um, 
Instagram is, but her name is Chelsea. Got it. She's a photographer. It's just yeah. all of her photography work. She's also super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. All right. So anyway, cut this part out. I always like talking about Dr. Curl Jr., so. I know. For me. So he opens the bag and they're like, oh yeah, that's uh, that's fully Jughead. And now two Jugheads are looking at each other. So clock breaks, glass is all breaking. It's a paradox. And Dr. Curl Jr. says that he was strangled and he was found by the, uh, like on the lonely highway by the town sign. And Jughead's like, yo, keep this on the download, Dr. Curl Jr. <laughs> and I love that Dr. Curl Jr. is like, yeah, no problem. And like, doesn't even ask for a bribe. It's just like, I'm so freaked out that like, I will just do this for you, Jughead, as a sign. Yeah, there's a dead person and an alive person mm-hmm. in front of me. I'm good. Uh, it's weird. Yeah, that's uh, fine. Robin also literally wrote, yo, keep this on the down low. Yeah. Yeah. I want you I want you to know that when I look down at my notes, I write down exactly what I'm going to say. This is my script. It's very cute. Right. And I try and say it as, um, like, as an actor. I try and say it as uh, off the cuff as I can to you in this podcast, but... I really do just have a script down here, to be honest. You funny. So Jughead goes to where the body was found and finds that the sign is different on either side. That's kind of the most important part of that scene, really. He, like, it says on one side, there's no place like home, and it's got, like, some weird infinity symbol Mm -hmm. as the picture. And then the other side, it's back. It's not only Riverdale, the town with pops, like, which is the real sign, but it's backwards. Yeah. So Jughead knows something spooky's going on. It's a mirror universe. It's a mirror universe, you guys. Jughead goes through the body's personal effects and finds the comic book he was clutching, which was for this episode. So the comic is called River Vale, the Jughead Paradox, which is literally this, this episode. episode. And you can see a picture of the Archie and Betty wedding. And it says America's typical teenagers. And it has like comic Archie and Betty on it. It's super um, cute. All of the comics are really cool. I grabbed as many like little Easter eggs off those comics as I could. Also, like, the art must have taken someone so long to do, and I just, I'm so impressed by it. I mm-hmm. wish they would release them for real. Yeah, exactly. I would love to buy prints of my favorite episodes. I was just gonna say they should be prints! Like, I, like, you're telling me that I got to see a whole bunch of these, like, season one ones. You're not showing me Midnight Club, you're not showing me Bizarro Dale. Exactly. Hello? It would I be wish, really cool. I wish that they had paid somebody to do every single, hun- all hundred episodes, and then you could buy prints of them. I oh would. God. That would have been so would. much work. Yeah. Shout out to the art department, you know? Hey, also, if fan artists are interested in doing that, uh, I'm interested in purchasing. Imagine putting that much time into Riverdale, though. Brittany. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know what? Shut up. Okay. Okay. This is our 100th episode, okay, and we sh- talk for over an hour every episode. Okay. Jug gets all of his comics and realizes they're telling their stories episode by episode. He gets through the whole thing, and Tabitha comes home. He tries to explain to her and gets her to read it, too. So... The first episode is Riverdale. What secrets are there at the river's edge? So the river's edge was the name of the first episode. Mm -hmm. And we see Jason's dead body in the river. That's the picture. He says that he can't remember where he got all of these comics, but he has like all of them. Episode two is Touch of Evil. And so you can see that one. It has Betty touching Archie's black eye. And then we also get to see episode three, which is called Body Double. And we see Veronica in like her outfit where they like went to Ethel's house and tricked Chuck in the hot tub. And these are all accurate, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's the name of the episode uh that's the issue of the episode or like the like the number mm-hmm. and uh that's what happened in the episode okay and then that one says when betty and veronica team up it's twice the fun twice the danger and it has like a little picture of comic chuck i mean it's true though um and a little drawing of ethel in the corner 
But she doesn't look like comic Ethel. She obviously looks like just like regular Ethel. Ethel. Speaking of Ethel, we'll see her later. Yeah. For I was some like inexplicable reason. I was just like, come on, show episode four. Episode four is one of my favorites. I'm like, which part of episode four were you gonna? Which draw? one was episode four? Is that when we find out Jughead lives at the drive-in? Yeah, got it. It's the oh, drive-in episode where we meet FP. That's the one you went viral for. Yeah. <laughs> So he's going to read from the beginning and he like does, reads it all and then gets to this episode. And then we, like he opens it to like the pages where he's actively reading this comic right now. And then when he turns the page, you can see like, it's like, it's like when you put your phone up in a mirror and you're trying to take a picture, like you can just see it go on for infinity. It looks so cool. If I was Jughead, I'd be looking up for the camera. I'd be like, hello? Oh, that would be so cool. But they should have done that. I would have done that. That's the first thing I would have done. They should have broken the fourth wall like that for sure. Yeah. I would have been like, um, the Truman Show? And then the rest of that comic book is empty because he hasn't lived it out yet. Yeah. The so, Truman Show. <laughs> yeah. So he tells Tabitha about it and she like reads it too. Um, he says the first 95 issues are Riverdale and basically explains that they're the ones who, who are living in a parallel universe. It's not that Riverdale is their parallel universe. It's that they are they're the in the parallel universe. Um, and as Tabitha is reading Jughead's like eating a burger, I just wanted to say I love watching Jughead eat a burger. I it's love so to see rare it. Mm-hmm. considering that's the hallmark of his character. Yeah. And if I was Tabitha, I'd be like, hey, why didn't I show up until issue 80? Oh, yeah. I'd be like, wait. Be like, um, hello. I'm a very important character. And I'd be like, girl, I miss you. I agree. Jughead goes to Barchi, who don't know what's going on. Archie doesn't even remember the explosion. So he goes to Barchi. They, they, like, are looking through it. We see, like, the sacrifice that they went through. They're looking through 601. And the explosion, they don't remember anything about it. And he's like, well, that's what ended the Riverdale thing. This was, like, this, like, created Riverdale, Yeah, it, like, broke the universe. And then Betty remembers about Archie's dream. And he's like, oh, my God, yeah, it was just a dream, though. Who cares? Come on, Archie. Do you think it this broke is evil? The it's because Archie's evil already, and he's like, "What? <laughs> Nothing." Wait, I mean, probably. Yeah, but do you think it broke the universe because Archie and Betty are never supposed to die? Like they are like evergreen characters, yeah. right? They never age and they never die. For sure, interesting. And all the reasons that Jughead says later that it's like a confluence of a bunch of different things. Oh yeah, yeah, science, science, crap, science, fiction, but like also yeah. like fun, fun stuff. Yeah. Jug then goes to Veggie, who also don't know about anything. You made me read Veggie out loud. Veronica reveals you say that veggie. I do, but it's just you never see it coming. Veronica reveals that Hiram has been dead since she was fifteen in this universe. God, I wish that were a real universe, Veronica. Reggie complains that his artist rendering looks like two different people. So, um, we see Hiram in one of the comics. He's like basically going against Archie in the homecoming, but the episode is like him wrestling with him and that episode was called The Wrestler so I feel like that one wasn't necessarily ne- not necessarily accurate that one they got their own episodes wrong they're trying their best I guess they're not um but Ver- Veronica's like that's confusing because Hiram died the night before my quinceanera and I'm like oh is that the night that he hurt her by saying he wished he had a son or something which is what she said <gasps> at the end of Riverdale Riverdale uh Veronica killed her father yeah ooh secret mm. um and she says I was so upset that we had to cancel the Jonas Brothers concert and I was like I wouldn't cancel Jonas Brothers concert for anything. Yeah. I'd be like, mm, yeah, you could cheer me up. I'd be like, my dad wants me to have a good time. Exactly. Yeah. Who's Veronica's favorite Jonas brother? Probably Nick. Nick. <laughs> Hot take. Uh, Joe's the best one. Obviously, but Veronica clearly doesn't yeah, have taste. For sure. I feel very strongly about this. I have felt strongly about this since like 2007, that Joe is the best one and... I just want to say I've been right this whole time. Honestly, Loki, Nick's a fake bitch, and I know his marriage to Priyanka is ending. Like, I can just feel it. (laughs) 
this is going to be beautiful uh, when we post this a week from today. <laughs> and, uh, they're and they're already divorced. Yeah. I'm telling you. So Jughead's like, that's weird because Hiram's like the main villain in Riverdale. So who's like our big bad. And then Reggie complains about looking different. He's like, listen, we're both handsome, but I was going to be happy with just them doing this. I was going to be happy with like them doing this. Oh, like the fine. small little reference. Yeah. And yeah. then not having Ross Butler, either that or having Ross Butler in the earlier scene where he used pilot Reggie. And then this joke, that's perfect. Yeah. Stop there. <laughs> so Joe goes to Cheryl where he asks about Jason because his death is what started it all. And Cheryl's like, um, Jason's not dead, Jughead. To prove it, Jason walks through the door and says his only words in the whole series. Yeah. I was very scared for this moment. Me too. I was hoping he would only say, hey, Jughead. And then he kept talking and I was like, shut up, shut up. No, shut up. Like, stop that's talking, enough. stop that's talking, enough. stop talking. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's weird. Like, she's like, oh, he's alive. And she's, he's like, no, we had a funeral. Like, you were obsessed with his corpse and you talked to him for months. And she's like, what? I feel like this this version of Cheryl was probably more well-adjusted. Maybe a little, because she's Nana Rose secretly now. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot she was No, Nana she's not. Rose. That was a dream. That was a dream. Wait, so she's not Nana Rose. No, she's Cheryl. She's not Abigail or or uh, Poppy either. She's just Cheryl. So she's just normal Cheryl. Yeah, that was just a fun little story we told. Okay, great. So <laughs> This was just a fun little story <laughs> yeah. we told. So Jason comes back from tennis and he's like, hey, Jughead. He calls her Cher Cher. And then winks at her. Enough of that. Stop. I don't know how I feel about that, we but need I to know bring that back, I don't like it. Let's bring back the, in, or let's not bring back the incest thing. Let, let's bring back him not talking. Yeah. My thing is that he will likely never speak again. And I'm happy with that. Yeah. Uh, I've made peace with that. Yeah. In fact, I actually encourage it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Jughead's like, no, we made it, you know, he had an in memoriam page. This is so confusing. And then she calls him a hobo again, which is weird uh, and rude because he has an apartment now. I mean, I guess it's a throwback, but like, yeah. all right. Yeah. Jughead looks in the yearbook and finds that he's right. There's a memoriam page for Jason. Yeah. So he's basically like, oh, the rules of this world are weird. They're broken. Yeah. Veggie are hanging out. Veronica says that Jughead is stressing her out. That's when old Reggie shows up and it goes insane. Yeah. So Reggie's like giving <laughs> Veronica a massage. She's like, I've been stressed out by Jughead's words. <laughs> I was just like, everything about this storyline is weird, but I kind of loved it. I know you hated it. I loved it until Ross Butler showed up. He made it weird. Oh, no, that's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah, not necessarily that Ross Butler made it weird, but like having the other Reggie made it weird. I thought it was extremely funny. It was cute. Why not? Yeah, it was cute when they were like arguing and stuff. But I think that they they drew it out for too long, I yeah. think, in my opinion. Like, it just kept going, and then they killed each other. Yeah, and then I was alert. like, that's stupid. And then I was like, why? Okay. Yeah. Why, though? So, uh, I don't know. And then one of them calls Jughead Donnie Darko. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Which is a 2001 American science fiction psychological thriller film. It's set in October of 1988 and it follows Donnie Darko, a troubled teenager who narrowly escapes a bizarre accident and has visions of Frank, a mysterious figure in a rabbit costume who informs him that the world will end in just over 28 days. Frank begins to manipulate Donnie to commit several crimes. Yeah. Looking back, I think Donnie Darko was about schizophrenia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that the film that uh, casts Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah, it's Jake Gyllenhaal, Mary McDonnell, and I think, isn't Maggie Gyllenhaal in Donnie Darko? Maggie Gyllenhaal's in it too. I don't care for Jake Gyllenhaal. You know, I've heard that from a Swifty before. My own wife. Mm-hmm. So now Ross Butler's here. I, this might as well happen. And he's like, hey, miss me? And like I said, I didn't, I specifically no. didn't look at the guest stars. I was floored. <laughs> I was like, What? <laughs> We were watching this separately, but we were on video together and Robin's face was just, it was a, 
It was a complete shock. Yeah. I had no... Well, I thought he had murder allegations. I said, why do we want him here? I didn't even know that man was still working. Mm -hmm. Well, he was in like Shazam and he was still in like 13 Reasons Why and stuff, so... Like, I guess he beat the allegations, but it's just confusing. Yeah. Jughead goes to the library to find a book on parallel universes and the librarian says that Dilton checked it out. Jug's disappointed, but Bilton... Bilton. But Dilton's not dead here. He's the physics teacher. Okay. Yeah, we see the library catalog that he's looking at and it's just so old. And apparently Dilton's the one that has the parallel universes. Do you not have Google? Not in Riverdale. Okay. Not in Rivervale. It's old timey. And they're like, oh, he took the book. He never gave it back. Um, If he's here and you know they never gave it back, uh, Miss Librarian, go get it. Go get the book. And Jughead's like, rat. And then he's like, oh, wait, triggered. (laughs) No, don't bring up rats. Shoot, he's dead. And the librarian's like, no, he's not. Uh, He's the physics teacher. And I was like, being that librarian. Yeah, she's like, what are you talking about? And it's like, I mean, even if he was dead, you could just like go to the bunker and see if it's in the bunker. Oh, right. Duh. Because everything's in the bunker. Yeah. All right. So Jug goes down the hall to meet up with Dilton, who has Fabio hair now, and Ethel, his teaching assistant. Jughead explains everything to Dilton, who believes him, but says there's nothing they can do. Jughead's not cool with that. Yeah. So he's got these like long hair now, which is a choice, but okay. Sure. Um, Ethel's here, uh, and he's like telling them what he thinks, and Dilton it's like totally uh the explosion created a parallel universe this happened on lost it sure did they stole this from lost i'm okay with it because i love lost okay he's like well it's weird because you know the parallel universe is supposed to be either like an exact copy or like a complete mirror image but this is different like things are happening that are there's different, it's complete different, different timelines yeah so let's just do nothing about it like forget about it who cares and jughead's like no like i was made aware for a reason like someone killed the other jughead so i need to do something about it i think it's hysterical that dilton was like oh but never mind and you're mm-hmm. like so you don't see him being the bad guy coming yeah got it got it and well, one of the bad guys. So we see the comic of Jughead walking by the Rivervale sign, which is number 96, Welcome to Rivervale, which was the name of the episode. And also a Riverdale of Pops blowing up, which was Riverdale RIP number 95. Um, so that those are both accurate. Mm-hmm. And that's the one where the explosion happened, basically. Veggie explains to old Reggie that they're both Reggie or something. Charles Reggie... <laughs> <laughs> This is the only way to do it, but I'm mad at you. I think at some point I end up going old Reggie, new Reggie, but... Charles Reggie says Ross Reggie sucks because he was in, like, zero issues and he's been here forever. I'm inclined to agree. I'm also inclined to agree. Veronica tells them both to stay here, but Reggie needs to be at Archie's bachelor party. Old Reggie agrees to go to the bachelorette. So... Bachelorette. I don't... Yeah. Um... Yeah. So he's like, oh my God, like, where have you even been? Cause he like, he's like, I'm, I was first. And he's like, yeah, but you were in like nothing. And I've been here for a bajillion seasons. And uh, he's like, oh, you've been in three issues. And I actually checked and he was only actually in six, uh, in six episodes. Uh, However, after this episode, that makes it seven. Um, And Charles has been in 65 episodes of Riverdale. I mean, he wins. And that's another reason why season two is superior because Charles comes in as Reggie. I I still am not sure if that was the right career decision for Ross Butler. Mm. You know, like, oh, as, for sure. no, you know, as a personal friend of Ross Butler, you yeah. know, I just, this is what I'm thinking about right now is like, would his career have been better 
If he'd stayed on Riverdale? I think yes. I think Riverdale was a more, is a more, I don't know about prolific, but it's a more successful show, I guess. Like that one, you know, 13 Reasons Why was on Netflix, but like it's over now. And Riverdale's still going. Yeah. What is he doing now? I don't know. Well, I do be looking this up. Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't matter how many each of us were in, we're both here now, but we can't have both of you like hanging out. So both of you stay here until we figure it out. And because I need to go get the casino ready for the parties. And I like this moment because for Charles Reggie, he's just like, it's very important for me to be there for Archie. It's Archie's bachelor party. I really, really want to be there. And then so old Reggie is like, that's fine. I'll just go to the bachelorette. And I think it really shows the difference between the new Reggie that we've gotten, who has gone through all of this character development and old Reggie, who just wanted to hang out with chicks. You know what? Actually, Ross Butler made the right decision. Mm. He was in Shazam. Yeah. He was in the All the Boys sequels. Oh, I did not watch those because yeah. I was upset about because I loved the books and I heard that they were not as good. Yeah, he Who was. Who did he play in the Temple of All the Boys? Did it say? Uh, Trevor. <gasps> oh, okay. Yeah, um, he's been in like Army of the Dead, like the TV series. Ryan Charles... and the Last Dragon, he was the voice in. But Charles dated Camila. You made a damn compelling point there. <laughs> And you know what? I'm going to allow that. Yeah. You're right. I just like how the difference between like Reggie being like, it's very important for me to be there for my friend. I think it would be terrible if I didn't get to go. And then the other Reggie just being like, meh, whatever, like, I'll hang out with girls. Whatever, I'm yeah. an asshole. Yeah. Shows a really good, it's a really good uh, juxtaposition. Well, it, it's, you know what that is? Between the Reggies. Growth. At the Bachelorette, old Reggie is one of the dancers and everyone throws money at him and the other dudes. Yeah. It's literally like most of this scene is just Magic Mike. Yeah. So they play the pony song, which of course they do. Well, they have. Um, I want you to know that had me rolling because yeah. it was like, if you're going to do it, you have, have to, to play pony. pony song. You have to. Yeah. I <laughs> don't know. <laughs> She's reading my notes ahead of time again. <laughs> I... I, I have always felt like I relate to Betty mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. That's why seeing her enjoy this was so uh, bizarre to me. Because if someone did this for a party that was supposed to be like about me, I would uh, never forgive them. This is a fairly normal bachelorette thing. For sure. But you need to know who your person is. And like clearly Veronica, uh, who I assume is the person who chose this for Betty did know Betty because Betty seems to be having a great time. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you have to know who you're doing this for, because if that happened to me, I would leave before it, before it even started. As soon as a man walked through the door that I hadn't specifically sanctioned, yes, can be here. I'm out of here. Which, which sucks. Cause what if I throw you a bachelorette one day and a man walks through the door and you leave and he was a magician. You're going to have to give me, you're going to have to tell me ahead of time. Like Robin, there's a magician coming. He's amazing. Okay. If he is wearing a top hat and has a rabbit, it, I will let him through. Plot twist. A guy walks in with a top hat and a rabbit. He is a stripper. stripper. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as clothes start going, as soon as Pony starts playing, I'm out. I'm literally writing down all of the things that I'm going to use as misdirects. <laughs> You're going to have to talk to my sister because it's all up to her. Mm, fair enough. Mm. Okay. So the people who are at the bachelorette party are Betty, Veronica, Tony, Cheryl, Tabitha, Alice, and Kevin. Just one of the girls. I feel like that's, that makes a, that's a pretty good, but it's a pretty good list. Like that feels like, that yeah. feels like everybody. Yeah. And are none of these people like, wait, is that old Reggie? Like No one questions it. Like Josie isn't here, but Kevin was there at the like club that Veronica and Reggie went to in season one. And like- No one questions it. Most of y'all knew old Reggie, but- I mean, they're like, he's wearing sunglasses. I don't know. It's like Hannah Montana. He's wearing sunglasses. 
I mean, Hannah Montana, enough. it's like Superman. They're just like, who's that? Oh. Zoe Deschanel with and without bangs. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. At the bachelor party, the boys are gambling at the casino, but Archie is pensive. Jug asks what's up, and Archie says he just wishes his dad were here. Yeah, which is nice. Sad. So at the casino, we have Reggie, Fangs, Jughead, Archie. And unlike at the bachelorette party where I was like, mm, yeah, that's everybody. I was like, where's Frank? Where is Uncle Frank? He's your uncle. He's on a date with Alice. Like, well, Alice is at the bachelorette party. Mm. Uncle Frank's one of the dudes in the background of the bachelorette party. Yeah, he's actually one of the strippers. Listen, I would not be upset with that. He's beefy. I guess maybe they didn't have Uncle Frank in here because, like, they were talking about Fred so much. And Uncle Frank is sort of like a surrogate for Uncle... Or what am I saying? Uncle Frank is sort of like a surrogate for Fred in a lot of ways right now for Archie. And so they decided like if they're going to talk about Fred a lot, that maybe just to not have Frank in the episode. And also you could theoretically have Fred talk Archie out of that. You have to remove, or Frank talk Archie. Why did they name them this? uh, Yeah. Whatever. Talk talk him out of like being evil or talk him out of like being weird about Fred. Being weird about Fred and like then eventually becoming evil. I was like, because Hal is back. We see him in one scene. So I'm like, is that why Frank isn't here? Because he like also isn't dating Alice. Can I just say, fuck Skeet Ulrich. Yeah. Oh, I have notes about that later. Okay. 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 I, oh yes. So just like I said earlier, I'm so glad that Reggie is here. Like I was worried when she was like, neither of you can come. I was so worried that he wasn't going to be able to go. Like it's so important for Reggie to have been there. Yes. Like Archie is so mad that Jughead doesn't show up for his wedding. But like later, but like Reggie Reggie is his friend. Reggie's like one of his best friends. You know, discounting what actually happens in this universe. Right. So he says that he's thinking about Fred and wishes that he could be at the wedding and he keeps like thinking that he'll show up, which is really sad. Really sad. And Jughead's like, it's okay, that's not stupid, which is nice. Sure. Until later when it gets weird. Later, Veronica suggests a threesome with the two Reggies and new Reggie is not down with sharing her, even if it's with himself. (laughs) I'm torn between thinking, yeah, but also laughing my ass off because the minute I saw the two Reggies, I went threesome. Yeah. Pretty much as soon as he walked in, I was like, I know exactly what's going to happen in this godforsaken and show. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I was pleasantly I surprised that they didn't do it. But like, my thing is like, if I were Ronnie and two of my boyfriends showed up, you gotta take a shot. Mm. You know? Even if it fails, y- you'd regret not. Would you? I mean, if you're Ronnie, probably. Yeah, if you're Ronnie, that's fair. Yeah, Ronnie's a horn dog. Yeah, that's true. Um, So old Reggie's like down, or at least he's not necessarily like down to do the threesome, but he's down to like get up and dance with Veronica. Yeah, he's like not, he doesn't hate it. Yeah, but new new Reggie's like, no. And uh, it con- so this continues to show the difference between old Reggie and new Reggie. Uh, but neither of them really want to like share. And Veronica's like, meh, she feels like rejected. So she leaves. I do think it implies that new Reggie actually is very interested in a deep and meaningful relationship with yeah, Ronnie. For sure. The next morning, everyone's home over at school complaining, even though they're the morons who had parties on a school night. You're right. Thank you. Cheryl gets a cutout magazine message saying Jason is being held hostage. <laughs> Classic. It's the black hood. Yeah. Um, so first of all, why'd you do this on a school night then? Yeah, like if... It feels like your own fault. Yeah. Like, because I think the wedding is supposed to be like tomorrow. So like the wedding is happening on Saturday. So they had to have the... Uh, on a Thursday, on I guess? like a Thursday night, but I'm like, then just do it the week before. Do it the weekend before. Do it the Saturday before. Exactly. Or even like a month before. It doesn't matter. You're making when you some do compelling it. arguments. Yeah. 
So they're like, oh, I wish we could just skip class like we used to, but now we're teachers, so we have to just, I don't know, show a movie. <laughs> hey, listen, the students will love it. Yeah. So Cheryl's like, what? And Tony calls Cheryl babe? It's so weird. Doesn't she actively sleep in the same bed as Fangs in this universe? Like, later when Jughead comes down the stairs, it also kind of looks like Shoney's still a couple. Yeah, and- I'm and very then, confused. Right, Kevin and Fangs are together in the corner, and Shoney is, is together in the corner, like, on opposite corners, and I'm like, so what's the truth? But I'm, like, big mad about it because I love Tony and Fangs mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Like, and also Cheryl has changed so much. I don't want her to be with Tony. She's too toxic for Tony. Yeah. This honestly just kind of feels like a mistake. Um, it could have just been Madeline, too. Yeah. Like, well, no, no. Vanessa says babe. Like, I, Oh, it's Vanessa. That's right. Yeah. Tony calls Cheryl babe. Like, and, and it could just be, like, a friend thing. I yeah. Guess. I've called my friends babe before. Yeah. So. Jason's been kidnapped by the Black Hood, and we get, like, the cutout messages again, which is uh, just, like, just like the Black Hood. Uh, but none of them know who that is because he's like not, hasn't been a thing until now. And Jughead's like putting it together being like, wait, this happened in the comics I read. And everyone's like, great, that doesn't fucking help. Yeah. Jug pulls Archie aside and explains that Riverdale things are happening in Riverdale. And so Jason's probably at the White Worm. They take Keller there and rescue Jason. Keller shoots the Black Hood who is revealed to be Clifford. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Because Hal's off doing something else, I guess. And Clifford is the one who killed Jason. So Clifford, if it's going to be Black Hood and it's going to kill Jason, then I guess it's going to be Clifford. But like, why mash these things together to have, what's his name? Clifford? Yeah, the guy who plays Clifford. I When I see his name in the guest stars, I know that it's him, but for some reason I can't. I don't know that man's name. I can't grab it off the top of my head for some reason. But like, you know, if you saw, if you gave me a whole list of Riverdale actors, I could tell you which one was Clifford. You yeah, know, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So Jughead knows it, like if this is the same as Riverdale, he knows where to go. So they go to save him with Keller and he is there and the Black Hood is shot by Keller just like the Black Ho- the Black Hood was shot by Keller in Silent Night Deadly Night except Oh right was- on the bridge right yeah. Yeah. yeah um but it's Clifford weird weird so that is part 1 <laughs> So before we move on to part two, we're going to talk about Patreon. Okay. So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. What? Yeah. And we have a Patreon. You've probably heard about it already, if unless this is your first episode with us. And if you, if it is, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Actually, no, I'm, I'm having not, a great I'm time. Fun. I'm not sorry. Yeah. If it is, you're welcome. <laughs> so we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash theaficionados. And we got some really cool stuff for you on there um the lowest level is one dollar a month which gets you early access to every single one of the podcasts so this one is weekly so it comes out about a day in advance but all of our other ones come out a whole week in advance but it's definitely worth it once the show kind of comes back on and and you get it weekly uh two dollars gets you access to our discord server five dollars gets you ten percent off at shoppylux.com which is where Brittany sells some really cool stuff and me too and you also get ten percent off of uh my etsy which is linked on shoppylux.com so yeah. all you you need is shoplux.com. True. And my personal favorite is the $10 level, which is our Patreon-only podcast, which is called Okay, Love You, Hi. And um, it's about 45 minutes every two weeks talking about topics that we want to talk about, that our listeners want to talk about. Um, It's just kind of like a chill thing to get to know us better and uh, for us to get to know you better and stuff. And I have a good time uh, recording that one. It's very low stakes and uh, people seem to like it. We just fuck around. Yeah. Yeah. People seem to like it. So there's that. Um, if you can't help us out on Patreon, check out shoppylux.com. Check out my Etsy. Um, those are linked in the description. And if you can't do that either, go ahead and recommend us to a friend. That would be great. If yeah. it's this podcast or if you haven't listened to the other ones, maybe go check those out too. Recommend it to yourself. Oh. Yeah, 
Uh, so that would be really appreciated if uh, if you don't mind. <laughs> and now we're going to do the second half, which, if you can believe it, <laughs> only gets weirder. It really does. It really the does. The first half was tame. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Speaking of insane things, mm-hmm. Veronica comes home and sees that the Reggies have just been fighting and aren't ready for the rehearsal dinner, so she tells them that they're grounded and can't come out until they figure out their issues. You know how you have to ground your boyfriends. But I'm also like... Isn't the rehearsal dinner, like, so that you're in the actual place that you're getting married so you can practice what's going on? Like, why not are they always. just at Pops? No, not always. Well, why is it, why are you, are they not rehearsing? It's mostly so you can rehearse speeches. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah. So they're just But like, honestly, at this point, there is no rehearsing in a rehearsal dinner, yeah. just for the record. Okay. So they're, like, just wrestling and they start yelling, he started at the same time. It's, it's cute. It's, it's funny, but, uh, like, they it's start talking at the same annoying. time, like, yeah. haha, okay, but that's enough. Well, we're done. Like, you're you're grown adult. After the threesome thing, I'm tired of it. Well, because, no, because here's the thing. They go from the th- the threesome thing to her having to parrot them. Yeah. The dynamics are off. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. At the rehearsal dinner at Pops, Alice does a nice speech for Betty and Archie, and Hal is also there but isn't evil, I guess? He starts doing a speech, but then Tony comes in. So, uh, they say that Archie is the finest gentleman in town, and I agree. I think he is the finest gentleman in town. He is the best man in that city. Yeah. And Alice says, my husband, Hal. So they're still together in this, in this thing. And can I just Um, say gross? And she basically is like, haha, don't say too much. You're annoying. And he doesn't even get a sentence out. He's like. Before he gets uh, interrupted. He's literally like, I'm literally a serial killer. All right. Okay. This is where I wrote in my complaints about the like Ben scene and the Jason scene. Okay, go for it. So what I was going to say is that I actually think that Lachlan, who, who plays Hal, uh, is actually quite talented. Yes. I think he's a pretty good actor. He's been in a lot of stuff. Um, all these people that are, like, actively main characters in this show who are constantly doing actual acting and, like, you know, Lachlan and a couple of the other people that they're bringing back, putting them next to the guest stars that they brought back, like, um, like Ben and, like, Jason, who, uh, who just say words. Oh, you know? oh, you know, like, um, acting yeah, versus, with, like, you know, acting. But they're saying it with, like, no emotion. Like, they just say the words that are on the script, you know? Yeah, they just do be showing up. Like, at least Dilton and Dr. Curdle Jr. and, like, even the librarian lady, they're making choices. Like, that librarian lady was, like, just okay, but she was saying things in a weird way. She made a choice. But like, that's what's important. But, like, no offense to Shannon Purser, but, like, that girl is always acting with a capital A. Yeah. It, it's like, I'm sorry, but Jason was cast to not talk. And I didn't want to hear him. That's why he should have said, hey, Jughead, in his, like, way that he just says, he just says words. Um, he hey, should have said that, and that should have been it. You know? how, how amazing would it have been if he started talking and he just had a Jersey accent? Yeah. Hey, hey Jughead! <laughs> I think that's just Italian. Sorry to anyone from New Jersey. We just went, like, Italian New Yorker instead. Oh, I feel like... Well, I have authority to say that my cousins are all Italian New Yorkers. Is Jersey basically just an Italian New York accent, but slightly more? No, I think it's just a whole different animal. Okay. Say hot dog. Hot dog. That. Yeah. All right. Now it's time for us to super complain. Okay, I'm ready. I love to complain. Yeah. It's one Sam, of my favorite hobbies. Sam, this is this is your moment to complain as well if you would like to enjoy uh, join the conversation. How much money do you think that they offered to pay Skeet Ulrich? Um, oh! and, and, he, and he chose to not come. More than he deserved. Yeah. Do you think they even called him? I think they did. Yeah. I think they definitely, like asked and he declined because he's weird. I would love to know in this situation who the bad guy is because I'm inclined to believe that it's the CW just because it's the CW. I mean, I have- 
Skeet is an interesting human. I absolutely believe that, like, the CW doesn't pay their older actors uh, probably what they're worth or give them this, the work that they that fulfills them, mm. honestly. But I also think that Skeet is kind of weird and, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Skeet left the show and then started dating someone half his age. And I was like, you know what? I have a lot of red flags about this one. I just feel like it would have been so meaningful to have had him here, Mm -hmm. and it's disappointing to not see him here. I completely agree. Yeah. For the hundredth episode? Are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you're gonna have an alternate universe where Alice is married to somebody, why the hell is it how? You were on the show for four full seasons. This show was four years of your life, four important years of your life where you got to kiss a hot lady, and you don't want to come back for the milestone episode? They're not getting 200 episodes, Skeet. (laughs) It's the minute those contracts are up, every single one of those kids is out. They are out of there. I know that Lily is going to go on to do, like, insane acting And things. I'm going to watch anything that Lily does. 100%. Because she, she's, she's genuinely good. I don't know what KJ's going to do because KJ can do insane. Yeah. But KJ can't do, like, dramatic, mm. which is extremely funny to me. Like, as over-cliched as it is quoted, the highs and lows of high school football is some of the funniest acting I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. K- but KJ is great at being insane. KJ's gonna do comedy. Which he should. Yeah. And he's gonna raise his kid. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Good for him. Yeah. So. Anyway, I'm just, I'm mad at Skeet uh, personally. Yes. Uh, yeah. He has wronged me personally. And I'm never going to forgive him. So many men that work for the CW owe me money. Like, it's it sucks because it's making me... And, like, I know this is River Vale, so, you know, take this with a grain of salt. Maybe FP is also dead, like Hiram. I don't know. They didn't say. Oh, that's possible. But seeing him not show up in the actual River Dale is giving me a worse opinion of FP because like, yep. you know, if it, cause they didn't kill him off so that he could come back in the, in the future. Jughead is struggling the same way that you struggled, the same way your father struggled. And like, you're telling me that, that FP didn't show up to his son's book launch. You're telling me he's not showing up learning that his son was in the hospital. You're telling me he's not showing up. Like that, that doesn't make any sense. It's giving, it's giving me a worse opinion of FP knowing that he's not showing up for these things that he should be there for. They should have just killed him. He's not going to come back. My thing is what they should have done is just casually referenced him. He's not going to come back. He's not going to. So they might as well have just killed him. He's not going to do it. Yeah. Here's the thing also, like not to make this all about FP and Alice, but like Alice is also struggling. Like these people are having a, these people that- People he loves. to him that he loves, like are having some of the most terrible times of their lives- and where are you? Watching Jelly Bean kill people? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> okay, literally though. Yeah. I'm just like, it makes me uh, have a worse opinion of FP. And I yeah. think that they should either, like they, they won't even talk about him. They yeah. don't even say like, well, my dad was at my book launch. We didn't see his like, book launch. You he could have said that. You you could have left gra- the graduation episode exactly the same. Because I wouldn't change that. I think mm-hmm. that's a perfect series finale for Riverdale. Mm. And probably where it should have ended. But if you know he's not coming back now, kill him during the time jump. Yeah. Like, he should, he, I don't want him to have died on screen. I just want him to be dead. Yeah. Okay, so here's, here's like, I mean, this is less us being clowns now, because like, mm-hmm. at, the, at the heart of it, do we really care? Not really. But like, I still feel, I feel slighted personally. I, yeah, <laughs> you can feel slighted, but like, in a, it's like in a funny way. Like, yeah. It's, it's like whatever, like, skeets a person and we don't know him. It's just like, eh, nothing's, nobody's perfect, but I guess. But my thing, my thing here is that you can usually tell 
how creatives feel about an actor based on how they treat the character after they're gone. So Hiram, I think, will always be quite respected because I think everyone quite liked Mark Consuelos. Mm -hmm. And Fred, obviously, like everyone loved him. So when you write out FP and then he's never mentioned again, it kind of makes you as a viewer wonder, oh, did they hate Skeet? Mm. In the same way that after they wrote out... Kane from the hundred you did not hear about him again yeah like he died and you did not hear about him again if that was a spoiler for you don't worry about it you don't need to watch that far yeah please <laughs> honestly stop at season five yeah you're once season five is over you're done yeah don't keep watching mm-hmm. listen to our podcast about it so you can hear what happened and hear us dunk on it but don't watch you're hurting yourself don't do it so that's sort of like where i'm at is like it, it does give you little clues mm-hmm. as as a viewer what the writers and Which directors is, and things think right. of that actor. Not necessarily the actors, because we see them, like, hang out with Skeet and we see Yeah, him, and it's like, never the actors. Yeah, and they're, like, very nice on Instagram and then they're all, all their... Uh, but I wonder if he was a diva. Yeah, Probably, I do yeah. wonder that. Yeah. And I mean, it's Skeet, so it's like... Okay, it's mm-hmm. Skeet Ulrich. Yeah. Not surprising. Right. But it, again, we don't know him. Yeah, and uh, he wasn't even in this episode, so let's move on. Yeah, we've spent enough time on him, yeah. I think. Anyway, it makes me really mad that he's not here. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tony tells everyone that Cheryl is dead and that she was strangled. Okay. Sure. So basically, like, are we later Archie, like, admits to having done this. And I think it's so funny that he went and, like, murdered Cheryl and then came and, like, smiled at his dinner and kissed his fiancé and, like... <laughs> it's so funny. What the f***? But I think it's interesting that, you know, Jughead's saying like, oh, things are bleeding over and stuff. And I don't think he says this outright, but I think it's interesting that, you know, they saved Jason, who was supposed to die. And so they saved one Blossom, and so another one had to die. And, like, the, it sort of started course-correcting itself. But also, like, what was Archie's logic there? He's like, oh, well, they couldn't get Jason, so I'll do it? Yeah, I don't remember what he says why he did that. It's because, like, he says, like, no one stays dead, so he, he just kills people for funsies, I guess. I don't so know. then why did she, why did he, Cher must have known something then. Yeah. I think he's trying to reboot the universe. Mm. Oh, right, because he's trying to get Fred to come back. That's yeah. what he said. Yeah. Okay. He's trying to kill enough people that it, like, starts over so that Fred's there. Yeah. Okay. So that, like, if everybody's dead, then maybe everybody comes back to life, including Fred. And the thing about, like, that logic is that it is heartbreakingly, like, understandable. Right. Like, I guess, you know, he goes completely unhinged at that point, but it makes sense to me that he'd be like, it's so unfair that everybody else is coming back to life. And this one person that I want to come back to life isn't coming back. Yeah. Um, And so we see Betty gathering evidence and stuff at Cheryl's house because she's an FBI agent. Apparently. Hmm. Jughead somehow works out that Dilton is behind this, so he goes to confront him. Dilton wants to be the first scientist to study universes collapsing or something, but like, King, who's going to read that research if everyone's dead? Jug starts roughing him up, but Riverdale catches up with him, and he starts foaming blue at the mouth like he did in season three. Ethel apparently poisoned him. Jug asks Ethel if she knows how to stop it, and she says yes. Okay. Okay, but like King, who's going to read that research if everyone's dead? But like, exactly. Like, exactly. He's just like, and everyone will think I'm a prolific scientist. Who? Girl, who's who? going to think that? Who? Who? Who's going to think that? So apparently Dilton is the big bad and he's like at the school in the middle of the night, including Ethel. Um, if I was Ethel, I'd be like, I'm tired. I like that Ethel was just like, sure, I'll go along with this, but yeah. I'd actually rather be at the rehearsal dinner. Maybe Ethel wasn't invited either. Right. <laughs> right. 
And so they're like, oh, people are dying. Like, I can't just stand back. And Dilton's like, totally fine with this. He's like, I just wanted to see what would happen because all the universes are coming, becoming unstable and going to implode and they're expanding. And I want a front row seat. I want to be the first one to document it. He's literally such a great. What? That doesn't make any sense. Like, you want the front row seat before you die? Yeah. Okay. So then he like starts foaming at the mouth and like dies. Um, I love the detail of it being blue. I know exactly why they did that. And I think it was a genius. It was such a Um, good little callback. And Ethel's like, oh, I snuck poison into his grape juice. He was drinking grape. He's a full adult. (laughs) I mean, you drank milk. (laughs) Sure, but that's not like grape juice. Grape juice is something you get in a Capri Sun. A what? A Capri Sun. A Capri Sun? Sun? Yeah. (laughs) A juice box. A Capri Sun. Also, I like I loved that. I loved that. I want to call it Capri Sun. Why not? It's so much cuter. Well, capris are the pants you wear. It's also a place. Yeah. We've all learned something today. But he's like drinking something out of the freaking juice box. I guess, is that how they tried to explain that it was blue? Oh my God, duh. Yeah, but I'm also like. Fruit punch. Oh my God. Like blue. Why wouldn't they say Capri Why wouldn't they say, oh, I I poisoned his Capri Sun. Or his smoothie, his milkshake. Yeah. His blue milk. Oh yeah, because blueberry milkshakes was like a whole thing. See? Well, it was a whole thing for us. Nobody else cared about it. Oh yeah, what's wrong with us? Um, and Ethel's like, I killed him because he was fine with everybody else dying, so. I guess Dilton's gonna come back and reanimate, I guess. You know what, Queen? Good for you. Yeah. And she's like, I know how to save Riverdale. You're telling me the savior of Riverdale is Ethel? Who we have not seen in, like, three seasons. Stop. You brought back Ethel and you didn't bring back Skeet? Like, when was the last time we saw Ethel? I can tell you that. I think she was important in season three. Three. We haven't seen her since then. Well, uh, I'm pretty sure we haven't, but um, let me check just in case, my friend. Good for you. Strawberry ice cream. Strawberry ice ice cream. cream. Blueberry milkshake. Blueberry milkshake. She was seen in... You're going to keep all of that in, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, She was in five episodes in season three, which is weird because I thought she was in more. There were 22 episodes. It felt like she was way more present in the gargoyle thing. Okay, so she was in three episodes in season one. Four episodes in season two, five episodes in season three, one episode in season four. I don't remember what she was doing in that episode. Neither do I. And then this past episode that just occurred. Okay. Um. So, okay. Sure. So we had seen her in season four, but I don't remember what she was doing. I really don't um, remember what she was yeah. doing. Okay. Veronica gets home from the rehearsal dinner and finds that the Reggies did a duel and shot each other in the head. And she's like, oh boy, you rascals. Like... She's in no way distressed by this. She's like, my house is a mess. She's literally like, what did you do? Yeah. I'm like, they're dead. Well, she murdered Chad and like in actual Riverdale. And she was like, ha ha. Like she was like smiling about it. I was like, did you not love him at Bro, one Bro, I forgot she murdered Chad. Yeah, she fully did. And she was like, hmm, he's sleeping with the fishes. Is Veronica okay? No. I don't think she is. Her dad is Hiram who also kills people. So... That's a good point. Um, I did think it was very funny that she was like, Reggie? Reggie's? <laughs> that was good, I guess. And she's like, oh no, they're both dead now. This choice was just weird. This choice was so weird. Because they were just like, no, oh no, two Reggies. Oh, they're both dead now. Like what? Okay, anyway. Why did they kill the Reggies? They killed like everybody except Betty for the finale i guess like for, so that jughead and betty were the only ones there but like tony isn't dead kevin isn't dead fangs isn't dead like you, 
Do you think it is at all plausible that Archie killed the Reggies and made it look like an accident? I think that if that were true, Archie would have said it in his weird speech. All right, fair he, enough. Because he admits to killing Jughead, Cheryl, and Veronica in that speech. So. All right, fair enough. Okay. Jug discusses with Ethel how to fix the universes. They realize that a lot of different things came together the night of the bomb, and they need to recreate part of it to fix it. Sure. So she's showing the infinity sign, which we saw on the sign at the beginning of the episode, so... Don't put infinity signs and things. I have trauma. Well, of course, that makes sense. Thank you. We need to recreate the moment of creation of, like, the moment that this uh, universe was created. It needs to be significant. A confluence between good and evil. So we're like, we have Barchi's love and Hiram's hate, and then we have creation, which is Jughead riding in the garage, and destruction, which is the explosion, and science, which is the palladium on Archie's desk, which is a stretch, and magic, which is Cheryl's curse, which apparently is also real. Um, oh yeah, that was like the thing that blew my mind when we were watching this episode. Yeah. Cheryl's actually a witch. Okay. Okay. They're like, oh, this is just fake. It's River Vale. Except for the part Except where this part. Cheryl has powers yeah. and I guess really is friends with Sabrina? Sure. Sure. So River Vale was never meant to exist. And if we don't do anything, the universes are going to collapse. But Jughead refuses to like let Archie and Betty get killed in this explosion again, even if they're just parallel universe, Archie and Betty. So I'm going to get me and Veronica to do it because we're like the opposite of Archie and Betty. And I gotta you can say, tell, this is also a stretch. And you could tell that Ethel was like about to volunteer. Like <laughs> Jughead was like, oh, well, I don't want Archie and Betty to do it. Uh, I could do it with, and Ethel's like, eh? and he's like, Veronica. And Ethel's like, oh, okay. It was like, you get to this point and you're like, this is falling apart quickly. Yeah. yeah you yeah, know? Yeah. Jug goes to Veronica and asks so she'll make out with him on Archie's bed because they're mirror Barchi, basically. She's like, so if I do this, I die? WTF? And he's like, no, you cease to exist. And then she just agrees. She's like, that's fine. She's like, please, my Reggies are dead. I have nothing to live for. I'm, yeah. I'm not at all upset, like, but like, whatever. Even, we don't even know if this Riverdale universe exists. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, it does. Don't worry. And then we see like some clips and... Uh, I think it's Jughead talking about how, like, it's a universe of, like, first love and, like, football games and, like, prom. And, like, we see the little clips and I'm like, honestly, this is way better than a clip show. Because in, uh, in, like, sitcoms or, like, reality shows, specifically Big Brother does this every single season where, like, two episodes before the finale, they just talk about, remember when this happened? And then they just show clips that happened previously in the show. It's like the Drag Race reunion. This whole episode is just so much better than just showing clips that happened in the previous episode. When they did Voyager's 100th episode, they did this kind of similar thing where it was, like, an AU of them getting home. They're trying to get home and it ends up that only Chakotay and Harry get home and they actually live like full lives like 15 years worth of life in this alternate universe before figuring out that like they have to go back in time and stop what the experiment that they were doing so that everyone can live because there's no point in you know existing if everyone's not there and it's like really similar energy while also reminding you of why you love the thing that you're watching mm -hmm. that's a perfect hundredth episode yeah i am once again complaining that the only shot of fp we got in this whole thing was cole and midnight club like we they didn't even show actual fp um <sighs> i wonder if skeet revoked uh image rights or something <sighs> but the cw would own that right yeah i don't think so i think they can use that they're like we're gonna make out to save the universe so can we do it during the wedding because i don't really want to go anymore that is so crappy. I would be so mad if my best man and my maid of honor just straight up like didn't show up. I don't care how you feel. 
You just said that you would do this. They're saving the universe, you're Robin. Ruining, you're ruining my Robin, wedding. Robin, they're important. saving the universe. I'd be like, wow, we are so not best friends anymore. That's just so Friendship crappy. over. So crappy. And so she says, well, here's to Vughead becoming canon for the last time. It's, it's Geronica. It's Geronica, please. God. I literally was about to mention that to you. I was yeah. like, it's f***ing Geronica. Yeah. And I don't want to hear otherwise. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Jug waits at Archie's for Veronica, but she doesn't show up. Archie does. And it's like, okay, so Jarchie? Yeah. <laughs> He's mad. I, Robin didn't write that. I did. He's mad that Jughead didn't show up for his wedding. He says that he killed Veronica because she wanted to help Jug. He also killed the first Jug and Cheryl. No one stays dead in this universe. Everyone comes back to life. He's counting on this so that he can get his dad back. He attacks Jughead, but Betty shows up and shoots Archie in the back of the head. That's right. Betty shows up and shoots Archie in the back of the head. Okay, but like, I need to, I need to like, put my name down, flip it and reverse it for mm-hmm. a second. Um, how the hell did Archie know Veronica was helping? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, he also knows that Jughead's doing weird universe stuff and I, I don't know. He, I think he just knows stuff. Like, this universe doesn't make sense. Clearly. Hey, neither does the main one. Yeah. So Jughead's in Archie's house looking at yearbooks and stuff, and he's like, oh, I remember them, like, movies of my life, and, uh, Archie walks in, and Jughead goes, Archie, what are you doing here? This is my house! Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, what if, in this insane alternate universe that I live in, where Mm -hmm. there's more gay people in the world, Yeah. Archie comes in and he's like, I couldn't marry her because I'm in love with you, Jughead. Yeah. (laughs) Please, I would live for that, and you know KJ would put his whole ass into it! And Cole would half-ass it, but whatever. Yeah. I, I would love to see that. I think that that's something that they're not doing. But also, I am obsessed with... I just know that Archie is into dudes. I just know he is. And it's not that he's not into women. He's not in ever... He's that, he never, that he never loved Veronica. He never loved Betty and stuff. He's just like, he needs a dude. Okay, but here's the so thing. So bad. Here's Any the, dude. Here's <laughs> the thing. And here's why I feel justified in saying these insane things. Is Roberto got Riverdale because he used to write plays based on Archie comics where Archie and Jughead were gay together. Yeah. So like I'm justified in thinking these things. It's th- that's that's the big ending. Yeah, I remain convinced that's yeah. the end game. Yeah. Like if the final episode isn't like Jarchie, I don't want it. If not, like Archie has to kiss I mean he's already kissed men in this show, but if Archie doesn't like have actual feelings for a man at some point, I'm going to be like, that's out of character. Like, I call Cap because, like, here's the thing. Archie's better, uh, would be a better gay icon than Kevin. Yes! I know that. Thang's spectacular Archie represents the gays better than Kevin does. And I I know that I'm right. Yeah. So he's like, Archie, what are you doing here? He's like, this is my house. Um, (laughs) I actually, I don't know if you know this, live here. Live here. And you know what? Like I said, I'd be pissed if my best man didn't show up to my wedding. But then Betty comes later and she's like, he left me at the altar. So so Archie also didn't show up to the wedding, I guess. Which I think is really funny because he's so big mad that he didn't show up. And he's mm-hmm. like, you also didn't show up. Mm-hmm. KJ. KJ. Is the light of my life in this scene. Okay. Tell me why. Well, he's amazing. Yes. So first of all, he comes in and he says, I knew you'd be doing something stupid like separating the two universes, which I thought was incredible because I love the way he said stupid. It made me laugh so hard. It's like, how did he, how does he deliver I, these lines? I'll do, I'll do a delivery for okay, you. Okay, go ahead. Um, but basically he is just like, uh, he speaks on behalf of the show, you know, like he's saying you're doing something stupid, like separating the two universes, like 
And it, that's supposed to and sound that, like it makes sense. Like, but, but that's the thing is that that's why it's so funny. Because, exactly. Because I, if I talk about the show and I'm like, oh, I knew Jughead be doing something stupid like that, right? Except Archie's saying it, which makes it funnier. He goes, I knew you, hey, when you didn't show up for my wedding, I knew you'd be doing something stupid. That's how he says it. It's like, I knew you'd be t- doing something real stupid. It's immaculate. I love it. I also think um, like KJ in general, because he is, and I, I say this affectionately, KJ's insane. Mm-hmm. Yes, and actually, actually insane as a person. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have to be to be an actor. A little which bit. Me- that's a good point because yeah. you're nuts. Yeah, he plays crazy beautifully. Like this man would be a mm-hmm. great serial killer. Yeah, <gasps> uh, uh, playing a serial killer. I don't think. Maybe <laughs> <should start. laughs> I'm not saying they shouldn't have cast Zac Efron as Ted Bundy. I'm just saying KJ could have <gasps> done it. Oh my god, he would have killed it. Yeah. Not that yeah. I watched that Zac Efron one because uh, I love Zac Efron and I don't want to see him. Like I that. did and I did not like it. Mm. I just didn't... because Ted Bundy is creepy. No, it was just the pacing was weird oh. as hell. But it... not because Zac Efron did a bad job. No, it just felt like faux intellectualism. Mm. You know how some things feel like they're trying to be deep and they're mm. not. Mm. That's how I felt about that. Gotcha. I every time I notice it, I always want to point it out that I love that Jughead is still wearing his hat pins, even though he doesn't wear the hat. He still wears the hat pins like on his little lapel. Yeah, he's like, I'm a pin guy now. I just love that. So Archie's like, Veronica's not coming because I murdered her. Um, but everyone comes back to life, so, like, don't worry about it. And he says that he, like, knows everything because he had that dream of the explosion. Like, he was there at Ground Zero when it happened. So oh, that, that's how I guess that kind of makes sense. He's kind of like... Like, if you're gonna make up sci-fi crap... He knows That's stuff. believable enough. So it turns out Archie's the big bad... Which I love. Yeah. Because Archie's the big good. Yeah. So I love that in this universe, Archie's the big bad. Genius. It's literal mirror universe. Mm -hmm. It's so good. It's like, it's- Because he's the ultimate good. Yeah. It would make Star Trek so proud. Mm -hmm. You know? Because like in in Discovery, Tilly, pure angel. Okay. In the mirror universe, she's literally called Captain Killy. Mm. So once again, KJ is so good. And Oh, I forgot that I wrote this before. Wait, I gotta see this. I gotta see this. Okay. Why don't you read you read that? There are some guest actors that are just saying, uh, hang on. Yeah, that's it. No, that's it. The set, the, the, those two. Okay. KJ is so good here. First note. Second note. There are some guest actors that are just saying words. And maybe that's why they never had any lines before. <laughs> <laughs> but KJ, I can see the madness. In KJ's eyes. He is so good. You, uh, uh, yeah. He, so he says no one stays dead. And okay, here, here's one of my favorite details about this. Okay. So KJ's eyes are moving in between Jughead's eyes. So this is something that you learn in film school is that when you're like doing a very serious scene, you pick an eye. Cause if you're too close to somebody's face and you're, you you're shooting oh, them, yeah, yeah. you're looking between their two eyes and your eyes are moving and it's distracting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get taught not to do that. When you're having a conversation with someone on film and you're too close to them, you choose an eye to talk so that your eyes don't move between them. That makes them, perfect sense. Okay. Right? So KJ is doing this beautifully where he is looking between his two eyes and it's making his eyes go back and forth and it makes him look crazier and Cole isn't doing it, which makes him seem sane. It's amazing. I love it. It's a shoot. This is, Kate, this is the thing about this show is like, you have these little moments of brilliance where you're like, this is why I can't quit Mm -hmm. because I feel like these actors are doing something interesting. It's like, I'm sorry. I watched Madeline do the most incredible work last episode. Mm -hmm. She was amazing. Oh my God. I gave this, I gave this show two shoots in a row. I never thought I'd see the day. Oh my, who the hell are you? Somebody who loves Riverdale. I think it's because the more insane the show gets, the more fun we have. Yeah. It's amazing. When it's It's, just run of the mill, Hiram boring. It's like, why am I here? It's high camp. Yeah. The minute it becomes something that like, 
I would want to see everyone in drag doing, then I'm having a good time. Even though we didn't see Hiram this episode, which it would have been nice to have seen him at some point this episode. I also because, say that. Because it was the 100th episode. At least we talked about him several times. Didn't bring up FP once. Hiram got a mention. Fred Fred became like the full mm-hmm. driving force. This is what I'm saying. I'm telling yeah. you, you can tell. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, Fred must be coming back. Because, like, everybody comes back from the dead. Mm-hmm. And Jughead's like, but he's dead in both universes. So that's maybe not going to happen. And, like I said, Archie says that he knows all the secrets because he was there when he, when he when it was created. So I'm like, okay, so does that mean Betty also does? Because later she's like, oh, I got a feeling that I needed to be here. So maybe she does. And he's like, it's not a mistake that this happened. It's a chance to see my, my dad again. And if there's a chance, I'm going to be here waiting for him. It's amazing. It, this reminds me of the, um, oh, I wrote at the end of Midnight. Oh, it is at the end of Midnight Club, isn't it? So it reminded me of this moment at the end of Midnight Club. I have seen Midnight Club so many times that I remember every moment of Midnight Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Alice at the end of Midnight Club is like, Betty, promise me that you'll never play the game. And Betty says, of course I won't. Oh, and then right. she goes down to the bunker, the bunker and Jughead is just like, I'm on level three. And he's just like, and then it like zooms in with this Dutch angle and he goes, and I'm going to meet him. It's really I'm going to be good. the first one to meet him. He yeah. goes crazy like that. And so that reminded me of that moment because Archie's just like, I, even if he, there's a chance that he could be here, I'm going to be here to exactly. see Exactly. It's so good. They're both so good. It's the, the, the ominousness, you yeah. know? Oh, KJ's That's so good in this scene. They really, they really casted powerhouses. They really did. Yeah. They're so is, lucky to have them. It's so funny because like, it's Riverdale. Yeah. That's why it's so fun. It's so odd. Honestly, like they have so much ahead of them, but also I'd be like, I would do this show forever. I love it. I think that's why soap opera actors stick yeah. around. Yeah. Because it's like, it's where else are you going to find this level of insanity? Yeah. And, and also like work. you, and and you get so much consistent work. Exactly. Yeah. Consistent work. Yeah. So Archie attacks Jughead um, and then Betty shows up with a gun and shoots Archie in the back of the head. No one ever saw this coming. Like you tell me once again, mm-hmm. little 10 year old Robin who reads Archie comics while oh she's Oh my God. While she's in the bathroom, and um, then you say, hey, they made a show about Bar- Betty and Archie and all of his friends, <laughs> and I'd be like, that sounds great. What happens? Um, well, it uh, culminates in Betty shooting Archie in the back of the head. I'd be like, mm. hmm, maybe. I'm not going to watch that one. <laughs> maybe modern media was a mistake. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> so Betty says that Archie left her at the altar, and then she like knew to come here. Yeah. So Jughead and Betty make out in Archie's bed to fulfill this prophecy that Jug made up, <laughs> yeah. but the bomb doesn't go off. Instead, Twilight Zone narrator Jughead comes through the door. So he's like, hey, I read about your makeout in the comics, so that's how I knew you were going to be here, I guess. That's um, <laughs> so embarrassing. I don't know. So they, they kiss, and even if they hadn't kissed, which I almost kind of wish that they hadn't, uh, Betty and Jughead. I, I just feel bad for Cole and Lily mm-hmm. at this point. I feel like for the Bugheads... The conversations that they have after this, like at the dinner table, is so satisfying. Mm-hmm. Like they're talking about how they're like this duo and everything can be solved by them. And like, it's like them together. And like, it's beautiful. I wish yeah. that, I honestly wish that they hadn't kissed. It was unnecessary. I felt, I feel like the conversations that they had were, were enough. I definitely think that you could read either way that either Bughead is endgame in a romantic sense or that Bughead will be forever linked because of the bond that they formed in high school, whether that's platonically or romantically. But Mm -hmm. either way, it's really nice to see weight still given to that relationship, even though Cole and Lily aren't in that relationship anymore. Yeah. So then other Jughead shows up and I'm like, wow, when you're cock blocked by yourself. (laughs) Oops. Wait, that literally happened to Reggie, though. Yeah, that literally happened. <laughs> <I did. laughs> 
And at first you're like, oh my God, twins, what? There's two Jugheads. Why didn't Dylan Sprouse come do this? Uh, because uh, they're not twins, they're duplicates. No, I know, but like, it's the hundredth episode. If Dylan was going to do it, this was the moment. I wasn't looking at the guest stars. I would have burst into tears. That would have been very funny. I would have straight up burst into tears. Like, and he's such a Zach too, because uh, Cole is being there like, Oh, uh, I need to figure this out. And oh, I have to do this. And he's like figuring out all the things. And Twilight Zone guy is like, huh, yup. That's right. Twilight Zone guy. Yeah. He's like, he's like, so true. He, he, he. I went to the pops in the sky. Lol, lol. Like that's literally Zach. The pops in the sky. That line took me out. But he's literally the Zach to regular Jughead's Cody. Like it should have been Dylan. And I'm, I wish it was. The thing that I'm really glad about though, is that we get to keep that one. Cause he's insane. Yeah. 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 So they want to separate the universes without erasing River Vale. So they're like, Betty, can you please disarm the bomb? And she, and Lily in just the best line read ever is like, what? I don't know how to do that. And he's like, uh, yeah, you do. You've done it before in the past uh, on the show. I read it in the comics. And she, she, she's like, oh. And presumably she did. <laughs> I, I guess I know how to do that. You went to the FBI Academy. You know how to do it. She's like, all right. So she did it. And so he shows the comic and it says Dog Day Afternoon, which was the episode that that happened in. And I looked and it even says like, you know how on a comic it'll tell you like what day the issue came out yeah, 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 and yeah. stuff. It even says the day that the episode aired okay, on the that's, comic. That's pretty cute. The details like are very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, the art department immaculate. Yeah. Except for that time that they got the episodes wrong, but like whatever. Yeah. Or I mean, maybe that was my mistake. Uh, they've done everything else right. So who knows? I've never seen you make a mistake in my life. That can't be true. I've never seen you make a mistake. I did. Say, I said Capri. I said I said Caprissa. You earlier. did say Caprissa earlier. But I that's how I always said it. You've never yeah. made a mistake about Riverdale. Thanks. Okay. I uh, hope that in the real timeline, Dr. Curdle Jr. isn't the trash bag killer. Oh, me too. That's. I forgot that we were. That was up in the air, but I kind of hope. Is that? It's try- oh yeah. TBK is still. Yeah. Because- well, because we talked about him in in Mr. Cipher in 603, but but then that turned out to just be Lucifer, I think. Wait, I'm confused. I thought we got the trash bag killer. That weird family. That wasn't the trash bag killer, was Mm-mm. it? That was just the uh, Lonely Highway That was just Lonely Highway, yeah. Okay. So he says that he was strangled and he went to the big pops in the sky. Everyone is dressed as their comic counterparts and everything is beautiful and perfect. Jug read the comics and realized how to fix everything, so he came back. Yeah. Because I guess you can just do that? Yep. So Sugar Sugar by the Archie starts playing. Incredible. Thank you so much. I mean, you gotta. Absolutely. We see everyone in their little comics outfit. Kevin and Fangs, Cheryl and Tony together. We see like the love triangle all sipping from that milkshake, which is like an iconic comics shot, like view. Um, And then we also see Reggie and Tabitha there. Pops says everything is on the house. And I'm going to give my favorite line award to the face that Jughead makes after he says that. How are you going to give your favorite line award to a face? When I make the gif. All right. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I've done insane things like that in the past. Yes. Yeah. Didn't I make, give it once to a crinkle of Hiram's? Oh, no, it was the sound of Hiram's head hitting the desk. No, you gave it to the sound of his little uh, auction paddle waving in the air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so funny. I made that gift. You guys I should go look at did. it. I, it was a loop. I made it. I was very proud of it. So go check it out. Uh, that was the sound of the waving paddle. Yeah. Just to be clear, if you guys couldn't see her. Yeah. So he says that he discovered a special comic in between 95 and 96. And you see like two Jugheads running towards Archie and Betty. It's like a special final issue. And it also says on the back that you can win a free magic kit. Ooh. So that's exciting. He says that he realized that the universe would die unless it has like a new power source. So he went in the comic to see what happens next. And the bomb doesn't happen. And also I think Dilton and Ethel are in the 
um, comic as well. Mm-hmm. It's basically, he's just trying to explain what's going on. Sure. He explains that if Jughead sits in the bunker and writes what happens in Riverdale, then both universes can continue, I guess. <laughs> I think. Yeah. This is the part that where I was just like, I, you've lost me. I'm just going to take your word for so it. So does this imply that Jughead really is writing all of this into existence? They are retroactively telling us that it's not, every chapter isn't Jughead's book like we always thought it was. It's that Jughead is immortal and in a time loop sitting in Dilton's bunker, writing out every single thing that happens. And he is like the narrator of every story. And that's maybe why it's so nutso. That's because he's slowly going insane, locked in a bunker. Sure. I love the implication that Jughead wrote his mom and FP having sex. His mom? His dad and Alice having sex. (laughs) Like, it's just like- He's a shipper. He is a shipper. I'm like, I don't know what FP and Gladys did when they were back together. I guess that's fair. Damn it. So he says that the new power source is imagination. Imagine Dylan Sprouse doing this. Imagine Dylan Sprouse doing this. Cole did a great job. No, he did for sure. But imagine Dylan Sprouse doing this. Okay. It's already a character he does. So uh, Jughead, this Jughead is going to be like a living battery. He's basically just going to be a story generator, which is also why it's so crazy is that he's just pressing randomize on every single thing. That's literally a miserable existence. So he's like, maybe we'll stop leeching off Riverdale if this happens. Uh, You have to be in complete isolation because we can't have like two Jugheads running around because that would like break down reality. And so so Betty's like, well, you do it then, random narrator guy. And he's like, no, he's the writer. I'm the narrator. That's his, that's his thing. Can you fault his logic? Yeah. Can you? And so Jughead realizes that he became aware because he is both inside and outside the story. So the universe knew it had to be him. Okay. I mean, sure. Sure. sure whatever. This this whole scene, I'm just like, yeah, whatever you say, buddy. Whatever. Yeah. I'm so not going to question it too closely. Yeah. So Betty's like, oh no, I would feel bad. I would remember that you're in there and I would be sad. And then the narrator Jughead's like, no, you'll just forget that he's in there. It won't matter. Okay. But my question is, what bunker is he actually in? Is he actually in, like, if you go to D- Dylan's he's in bunker, the, he's in the Dylan's Dil- bunker. <laughs> he's in the Dilton's bunker in River Vale. So that's the only part of the universe that stays is that little bub- bubble of the bunker. I think so. Okay. And apparently also Ethel is in there. Why is Ethel there? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Why is Ethel there? Like, the only reason why she's there at the very end scene or whatever is so that Jughead can explain what's going on. But he could have done that in narration. He could have just written it. I don't know why she's in there. And does that... Does that imply that he's hangs out with Ethel for the rest of time? Because that seems like torture. You know what I think it implies? Jethel Endgame. Mm-hmm. That's what... Oh, no, no, no. In season three, she herself... Oh, no, wait. Betty calls it Ethelhead. Ethelhead. No, yeah. I'm going for Jethel. I think no, it's funnier. Betty says it in canon. She goes, wow, Ethelhead? <laughs> I think it's Jethel and I'm sticking to it. When Betty did it, that was so funny. That is high camp, that is. That, yep. That was so good. The girls who get it, get it. The girls who don't, don't. So Jughead tells her to be strong. We're saving the universe together. Like me and you, it was always me and you solving this mystery. And we're, it it was, it's a very good conversation. They both do a really incredible job. It's rife with shipping potential. Yes. So uh, getting back to the Ethel thing. Jug starts writing in the bunker. Archie reanimates and goes upstairs to confront Betty and narrator Jughead. But as real Jughead writes, the banging on the door stops. Betty and Jughead go downstairs. They're in normal clothes. Everyone is there for dinner. Everything is normal. Everyone's like, yo, what were you guys doing up there? And they don't remember. Yeah, just like they said. So so they just, they turn the bomb back on. And then everything goes boom, I guess. Yeah. Archie's back with 
we don't see it, but just like with a hole in his head or did he heal? I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. And he grabs his bat, which is like the classic Archie bat. Mm-hmm. We've seen him with that bat multiple times. And Jughead and Betty said they're going to face it together and they hug while Archie breaks the door down. Then it stops and they go downstairs. Everything's normal. Cheryl and Tony are together. Kevin and Fangs are together. Maybe they're just standing together. We don't know. For I'm sure. like, please don't take Tony and Fangs yeah. away from me because I really love yeah. that ship. And then Veronica and Archie, or sorry, Veronica and Reggie are standing together. And then Archie and Tabitha are standing separately waiting for their significant others to come mm-hmm. back. And they're like, hey, what were you doing? And they're like, oh, I don't remember. I'd be so sus. Like, they're <laughs> like, so you were banging. Yeah. Uh, if I, like, Archie and Tabitha are like, ah, classic you guys. But if I was them, I'd be like, mm, that's your ex that you still have feelings for, but okay. Maybe they just, like, don't have those toxic thoughts. Yeah. Which is great. Good for you. Yeah. And then Archie, in an incredible line read, which KJ does all throughout this episode, goes, Betty, your spaghetti's gonna get cold. Why in the hell? That's my favorite line award. It's so weird. Yeah. And so they go up, they kiss their partners, and Betty says that she missed Archie, which is, uh, and same, because he hasn't been here for, like, four episodes, and I love him so much. Yeah, I I also missed Archie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a a resolution happens for Rivervale. Yeah. So- We see Tabitha and Jughead moving Jughead stuff into their new apartment. So that's happening. That's seeing in, in, we're seeing that in Riverdale. As far as I understand, we see the forgotten comic collection and one day they'll save lives. So I'm like, okay, so are we in a time loop then? I guess. I I, mean, that was confusing. We have always Um, said that this is a time loop. Yeah. Ethel brings Jughead more burgers. So this is, so this is the Jughead that's narrated every episode, I guess. But this is in Riverdale. Sure. What? No. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, the Jughead yeah. in the bunker right. is the one who's narrated every episode. Right. Yeah. I, I, and we I have, got narrator Jughead. Yeah, but but he's just going to be regular Jughead now. I like I narrator guess. Jughead. That guy is unhinged. I hope that he keeps being kind of crazy. I hope so, too. I think I hope that he's slightly disconcerting, yeah. but also, like, obsessed with Tabitha. My main complaint is that Ethel is in the bunker, too. I think that's dumb. Uh, sorry that you're against Jethel head game, or head game, end game, I guess. Like, uh, yeah. I am. Why do you hate them? I think that Ethel is... Cringe. I think she's hard to watch. Because cringe. All right, last scene. Barchie make out with the bomb under the bed, but then Betty gets a call that tells them to get out of the house, so they run. Jughead, writing in the garage, I think, feels yeah. the blast as the windows burst. Rivervale Jughead has saved Betty and Archie's lives. Yeah. So Jughead is writing in this phone call that's happening so that Betty and Jughead don't, or that Betty and Archie don't die. Um, so he's writing in this phone call. It's always a phone call with this place. Like, do you remember the last couple, like in 601, I think there were like four different phone calls and that's how they transitioned. Oh, right. I don't know. So, except the phone call is like all glitchy and stuff and you can't even tell whose voice it is. Like, I think it's supposed to be Cole, but they really, um... They edit it so mm-hmm. that you can't quite tell. And like he said, he's in the garage writing. The windows blow. He goes to like cover his ears. And we get like a high pitched sound, which my dog didn't like. Oh, um, no. And that's it. I honestly love this. Like, I know that, you know, the whole explanation was like kind of convoluted and hard to understand. And you kind of just have to like. Well, watching it was convoluted yeah, and hard to understand. Throw it out the window and be like, sure, I believe you. But learning. Okay. I believe you. But learning that Jughead, like, in this parallel universe, like, Betty and Archie were straight up supposed to die in that moment, and that Jughead in this parallel universe was able to save them and continue and let, let the, the story continue on was, yeah. like, really satisfying, I felt. Like, did it make any sense? No. no. But you shouldn't try for it to make it make sense. Yeah. Because you'll break your brain. Yeah. We did it. So now it's time for segments. My first segment is which character needs a hug the most. Um, And this episode, I'm going to give it to 
Jughead. Like Bunker Jughead? Well, just Jughead in general. He's been through a lot. Narrator Jughead even got murdered, so. That's true. He did. Yeah. Yeah. And my segment is which MILF was the most badass? Uh, Did Tony even do anything? Not really. No MILFs this episode. Alice managed to show up. Yeah, thanks. You know what? I'm going to give Alice a participation trophy. Yeah. Where are all the other MILFs? It's the hundredth episode. Yeah, where was, where was f***ing, sorry for swearing, but where was Penelope? Yeah. Anyway. And even Hermione. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, neither Veronica's, neither Veronica's parents or Jughead's parents were in the hundredth episode? Do they not understand that the parents are And neither are of hot. Archie's parents were in the hundredth episode? Come the on. parents are hot. Yeah. Come on. Disappointing. Uh, Sam, what are you shipping the most? That thruple? <laughs> of the, of Veronica <laughs> and the Reggie? Veronica? No. Shoni <laughs> and, uh, and, and Fangs. And Cheryl? Yeah. Okay. Good. I was like, but it's like it's like they share. Yeah. Like, 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 like that thing from uh, Parks and Rec. Yeah. Yeah. Tony, oh yeah. Tony is with them both, but they're not with each other. Mm-hmm. I'll allow this. Sure. I like it. So that Tony still has some stability at home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. And my other segment is is Chick dead or what? I don't know. Uh, now it's time for our best line award. <laughs> my best line award goes to Pop, and then also Jughead's face for. It's all you can eat. On the house, of course. And Cole is just, just, just eats it up being like, oh, Uh, and mine goes to bet or mine goes to Archie for, oh, come on, Betty. Your spaghetti's going to get cold. Because it's too funny to leave out. Mm -hmm. So I have some trailer thoughts, uh, for the beginning of the rest of season six. Okay. Um, now here's the thing. I wrote down what happened in the trailer like a month ago. Uh, and I didn't rewatch the trailer, so we'll see. Oh my god, I don't even remember. Funny. I don't okay. even remember what happened. All right, go off. So we see some candles. It says voodoo dolls of Archie and Jughead. Oh god. Cheryl says that she put a curse on Archie, Jughead, and Betty. So Cheryl is a witch. Is a witch apparently. Uh, we see FBI Betty in Sketch Alley. Someone in a mask. Verona tells Betty that she missed her. So finally, maybe Betty and Veronica will be friends again because they kind of just really hang out separately. It's about time. We see Britta sort of being like possessed. Poor Britta. Uh, wind in Cheryl's hair. Hermione is back finally. Another MILF for a potential segment. I finally get some content. Finally, some good food. And someone is following behind her with the camera because she's a real housewife, obviously. Oh, right. Uh, we see Jughead and Tabitha in their apartment looking surprised at something. Veronica at a funeral? Are they actually killing Hiram? Maybe. No, because I think they'd want to bring Mark back. Yeah, I think so too. But we thought that about FP as well. Oops. Uh, Betty and Archie kissing. Betty punching someone. Glenn, I think. And and why not? At least me a month ago thought it was Glenn. Okay. Who knows? Um, it looks like probably in the FBI. Uh, it looks like she's in the FBI office, so it, so it probably it, is Glenn. It's probably Glenn. Um, and then we see Cheryl blowing out a candle. Okay. Okay. So we'll see. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That might as well happen. Yeah. I was just looking at the um Wiki- the the Riverdale Wikipedia page for this episode, um, because usually I do it right before we record, um, but I did it like a month ago and I wanted to see if maybe there was something new. It says that Reggie calls Jughead Donnie Darko, and he previously did that in uh the second episode. Um, which oh. is when Ross Butler was playing him. So hmm. that's interesting. I like it- that. Oh wait, hold on. He calls him <sighs> Because I think it is Reggie who says Donnie Darko. It might, it, I, I might be wrong, but I think it's interesting that Reggie is the one who calls him Donnie Darko and then old Reggie comes in, who is the person who last called him Donnie Darko. And then does it again. Yeah. That's cool. That, yeah, that's, that's a rare moment of continuity mm-hmm. from a show that has no continuity. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
I'm glad that we waited this long, to be honest, because I was going to say, all right, guys, new episode on March 6th. But actually, I nope. uh, yesterday, if not the day before, we got news that it's actually going to be on March 20th. So they're uh, pushing us back once more, which is honestly fine with me. I like having a break, especially after the back half of season five, where they gave us like a million episodes without a break. Um, uh, that was a lot. Yeah. So uh, I'm fine with a break. I got other things to do. So that is fine with me. It's also nice to like stretch it out because like who knows how much longer this is going It'll be to be on. on yeah. So we will see you guys then. I will be a year older, a year wiser, a year milfier. You're milfier. <laughs> You're a mom now. I guess. Oh God. Yeah, you have a son. I guess I gotta find some like sexy outfits or something. Milfs can come in any any flavor. Don't worry about it. I need to do more research. Okay. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. And thank you so much to Sam for hanging out over there. That's my wife. And thanks so much for uh, to Emily for hanging out over there. Mm-hmm. In her room. In her room. Yeah. If you are so inclined, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Um, we like reviews and they also help us up in the algorithm. Yeah, that'd be great. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. Um, we did seasons four to seven as they were airing. And now we are going back to do uh, the days where we actually kind of liked the show. Um, we are doing season three right now and then going backwards to uh, to finish with season one. Yeah. Either way, it's going to get done. Yeah. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. Robin, it's Robin's favorite show in the whole world. Yeah. Um, they are getting to the end of season three now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, it's our longest podcast. If you want like more in-depth big brain stuff, that's where you can find it. Uh, if you're missing us during this little hiatus, I recommend it. Um, I would be honored to walk you through that show. Truly honored. Uh, If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. We have done every single episode of Stranger Things so far, um, leading up to Stranger Things 4 that's going to come out this year. So catch up. Get into it. Yeah. It's about time. You can follow The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter, and Rob makes gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. It's true. I'm catching up. I'm proud of you. Thanks. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it's expensive what we do and we would really appreciate your help. Um, You get a lot of really cool things and it's worth it, I think. Yeah. If you can't do that, check out shabbylux.com. Link is in the description. If you can't do that, recommend us to a friend. You can recommend this podcast to a friend or any of the other podcasts we just talked about. Yeah. Even if the friend is you. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. The next episode is episode 606 and it comes out March 20th. Well, this, the episode. So the Riverdale episode comes out on March 20th, which is Sundays now. That means our episodes come out Fridays or Thursdays if you're a Patreon sponsor. Um, We do not currently have a title for 606, um, but 607 is called Death at a Funeral. So we'll talk a little bit more about that next time. And why not? Enjoy your break, you guys. Check out our other podcasts if you're missing us. And we love you. Yeah. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.